right. I think that crosses the level like into into creepy. Does, does it does it really cross a line? Yeah. Prove it. Okay, let's <laughs> All right, ready? All right. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to the Watch Podcast. I do not remember how I introed it last time, so we just introed our names and said that we were uh, we were independent. Right, members. but but every podcast has to have the uh, the like nice intro at the beginning, like "Hello, no, it does Welcome to the podcast where things happen." <laughs> and I did it last Th- time. There's I our think, intro. Hello and welcome to the podcast where things happen. That's about right for this podcast. It's about all, right for any podcast that we do. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh-huh. All right. So, yep. You will not hear this on Christmas because <laughs> we are recording it on Christmas and because we're not that quick at no. putting stuff out. No, it is I still I still have yet to edit the last one. It's already 9:30. So, oh shit, it's 9:30. We got to get this up in an hour. Fuck that. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay. um it is Christmas. Anything cool happen? Any like cool gifts? Well, um, I got I got some movies, Reanimator from Arrow. That was a limited release. Got some other stuff, but I also got. Well, we're jumping into that now. You're not even gonna let me say what I got. Hey, you were asking what I got. Okay, fine. Yes, you got something else that's sitting on the table right yes, now from Japan. It's Kit Kats, but it's sake flavored. Uh, Japan is obsessed with Kit Kat bars. Yes. Like they have fuck tons of different flavors. Roasted it's potato flavor. That's an actual flavor. Uh, they have green tea flavored yep. Kit Kats. I've had it. It's actually pretty good. Crazy shit. Everybody yeah. likes the green tea ones. I've never had them yeah. though. Uh, I've had the wasabi one as well. That's oh yeah, good. that was another one. Cat, what the it. fuck are you doing? Get out of our cables. <laughs> well, we have an actual rack for our gear. This won't be a problem anymore. Yeah. Fucking cat. It's still gonna be a problem. We know it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yes, you have these um, sake flavored Kit Kat bars. Now, I hate sake, yeah. so this is going to be fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, my brother also got a box of this, and we'd opened it up, and it just smells like straight alcohol. Well, open it up and let me smell it. Let me react to it. We're, we're yeah. reacting. We're doing this already. Now. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Let's, here, let's get it out of the way it. first. All right. Oh, yeah, those lovely box opening sounds. Yeah. All right, here's the inner packaging. Oh, it's lovely, That's, yes. uh mm. It's just a bag, a weird bag. Yeah, it is kind of an odd bag. Yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way, all of the text on this is in Japanese. Uh, got it straight from Japan. I assumed we'd just split this one. Yep. All right. We can go for it. So, yes, it straight up does just smell like sake, <laughs> which, in other words, it smells like a locker room. Oh, yeah. Oh, that delicious smell that's, of alcohol. That's yeah. All right. Have you, you have you eaten one of these? Yet? I have not yet. Okay. So here we go. These are tiny Kit Kats. Too. I know. All right. Dude. Let's try this. That's very peculiar. Yep. First of all, it's white chocolate. Yep. That's coming through the alcohol flavor, but it tastes like it has coconut in it. A little bit, yeah. Well, I have no clue what's in it because the ingredients on the box are written in Japanese. So, yeah, so there is like a pretty pungent, like sake flavor off the top, but then it just devolves into like white chocolate and coconut. Yeah. 
That was interesting. Yeah. Not nearly as bad as I had hoped. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's more just, it tastes more like a, um, a novelty oh, than yeah. something anybody would actually buy, which I guess is expected. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to end up buying another one of these things because that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> just but... keep the box around. Shut up. Why you got to buy more of them? To force other people to eat them. Oh, my God. Okay. Point. Good point. Anyways, don't expect this to be a regular thing either. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, every week we're trying a new Kit Kat flavor. From Japan. <laughs> God. No. no. So, but um, if we get something cool on here that, or something interesting to eat like this, we may eat it, may not. I don't know. So, my Christmas was basically comprised almost entirely of movies. I think I got, like, or total, like, um, me... Plus, my two parents combined ended up with 18 movies total. Not bad. Um, I got a lot of really nice movies that I actually paid for, so I don't even know if you could call that Christmas <laughs> or me just buying movies, but nice nonetheless. Yeah. I got uh, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. It's However a, fucking many Mads are It's a Mad, there. Mad, Mad, Mad World. Yeah, I got the uh, Criterion edition of that, you know, to go with my unopened laser disc <laughs> of it. <laughs> right. Right. I completely forgot you <laughs> yeah, had it's that. Yeah, it's sitting up there on my shelf. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I got Barton Fink. I got Seven, the Digibook. I got Color Purple Digibook. I got Midnight Express Digibook. Um, oh, fuck. Oh, From Beyond. And I think there was something else, but I don't remember. Eh. Oh, uh, Dunkirk. Which I saw in theaters. So did I. Um, let's see. We, oh, we also got the Men in Black 20th Anniversary Trilogy, which is... Wait, they made three of those? Yeah. The third one's awful. I only knew that they made two. Yeah, the third <laughs> one's not even that old. Um, huh. I don't. I, right. I wouldn't hesitate a guess as to what year, but um, it's not that old. But the uh, the box is nice, and it so it is my first 4K Blu-ray uh-huh. uh, set. Cool. Not that I have any way of playing it. It no. it comes with the the standard Blu-rays as well, and so that's how we'll be watching it. But I have a few 4K movies myself. I just DSR them with my computer. So well, I don't have a 4K player on my computer. That um, would hinder you. Yes, yes, it would. <laughs> I'm gonna be looking into it though. I I almost considered getting the 4K version of Dunkirk also because it has the standard Blu-ray in it. Yeah, but nah, might as well save the five or so bucks or whatever on it. Yeah, I thought about buying uh, Resident Evil Vendetta on 4K Blu-ray because it's on 4K Blu-ray. Vendetta, and I don't know that one. It's uh, one of the uh, the animated okay. ones, and I because w- I was thinking about it because the movie looks great for you know an animated film, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't worth it <laughs> to spend my money on a 4K Blu-ray of that. I'll pick it up on regular Blu-ray because yeah. uh, from what I've read on Blu-ray.com. You're only getting slightly more detail in the 4K, and that's about it. Mm. It still has all the same issues that they normally have with movies. Well, this sort of leads us into the first topic that I wanted to to talk about. All right. I want to talk about the weird situation we're in with DVD Blu-ray and 4K Blu-ray. Yeah. Because when you think about it, like I was th- I was standing in the store the other day, and I'm like, we're we're moving on to 4K, right? So the last generation is Blu-ray. But there are fuck tons of DVDs everywhere. Oh, yeah. They still make plenty of DVDs. Like, when you think about it, so think about sort of the uh, the media wars in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. Right? In, the, in the, the late 80s, sort of early 90s kind of era, you had VHS versus beta tape 
versus Laserdisc, right? Yep. VHS went out because porn. <laughs> that's not even a <laughs> it's, joke. It's that's true. true. It is. Yeah, true. the porn industry took a hold of um, VHS because it was a little bit cheaper yep. to produce, um, and so VHS dominated the marketplace. Uh, beta was higher definition. I mean, definition if you can call it that on a you know. So VHS sort of beat out those two, or. Yeah. Or uh, beta tape. But yeah. you still had Laserdisc around. And Laserdisc was sort of the, the higher-end kind of fancy uh, media type. I have porn on that. Yes, you do. <laughs> you have was... like a weird Japanese porn Laserdisc. If you want to look it up, it's called Tokyo Decadence. Yeah. I, there, you, can, found... you can find the full thing <laughs> yeah. to watch online. Yeah. yeah. We managed to find that at a used video store. Yeah. Because those things still exist. That's, that's <laughs> where I got It's a Mad 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 World on... Uh, Laserdisc as well. Unopened. Unopened, yeah. That was interesting. And I got it for like, what, $3 or yep, something it like that? $3. It was ridiculous. So anyway, that's what happened then. And then you move on to DVD. And DVD sort of marked the end of Laserdisc. And then you had VHS versus DVD. And of course DVD was going to win that war. Like, oh, yeah. it wasn't even a war. You know, that's the next step up, right? <laughs> so of course DVD is going to take over. So then you had DVD. And then, then HD DVD. Right. Then after that, you had HD DVD versus Blu-ray for the next evolution. Now, HD DVD was shit. I mean, let's be honest. It was shit. Yeah. Right? It was 720p. They were trying to cram way more information onto a DVD than it could handle. So most of the HD DVDs were, like, dual-sided. So, yeah, really, Blu-ray was a no-brainer. So Blu-ray wins out and HD DVD dies. So now you have a market comprised of HDD or of uh, DVD and Blu-ray. And that was sort of the ecosystem for a long time, for a really long time, right? When you think about it, how fast technology sort of progresses, we were stuck with DVD and Blu-ray for, God, like eight years, maybe more. Blu-rays came around in 2007 with the PlayStation 3. Yeah. So, and, so 10 years. Yeah. And then HD DVD died out shortly after. Yeah, HD DVD and... did not survive long, which is why it's always hilarious to me when you walk into like a used movie store and there's like HD DVDs. Who oh, the yeah. fuck would buy that? Even used, like I who mean, the fuck would buy that? I mean, for somebody who enjoys seeing the different video mediums, I would probably buy one. Like I have one video CD. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you got the video CD and the weird Japanese the Laserdisc porn at the same time. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I kind of get that, but it's a little yeah. bit early for that, to be collecting HD DVDs yeah. as sort of an oddity. Like, they're just, right now, they're just sort of shit. Yeah. <laughs> right? They're, they're meaningless. Just, they're, they're pointless. Well, I mean, like most of the other shit that I collect, it's meaningless and pointless. Well, sure, but, but... <laughs> I, I think HD DVDs are even more pointless, just because there's no movie that was released on HD DVD, but then not released on Blu-ray. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? True. Whereas, like, if you look at, uh, there, there's still movies that haven't been released on DVD that are were only released on VHS or Laserdisc. Yep. Right? That's not true of HD DVD. <laughs> There's nothing on HD DVD that's not on something else. So for like 10 years, we had DVD and Blu-ray, and now we have 4K Blu-ray, but DVD still hasn't died. The DVD market is still weirdly huge. It's really bizarre to me. 
how DVD, like if you go into Walmart, most of their stock is DVDs, at least the Walmart next to me. I, that's not true of all Walmarts, but the one here, like it's most of their stock in, in movies and TV shows is all DVDs. DVDs should have died out uh, eight years ago. You know, if we've had Blu-ray for 10 years, DVD should, you know, maybe cling on for a couple of years and then die. But no, we're still using it. And you still get those, um, you know, Blu-ray plus DVD combo packs. Why? Who the fuck is still stuck on DVD while the rest of the world is trying to move on to not just 4K, but HDR 4K? It's just really bizarre to me. Dunkirk was released on DVD. You know what I'm saying? And it's 20 bucks. The Blu-ray is 25. Spend the five extra dollars. Treat yourself. You know what I'm saying? Streamed media is the, the sort of other oddity here in that everybody's like, oh, you know, physical media is dying because of, of streams, right? Which, everybody, no, it's not. Everybody just wants to sit at home and, and watch Netflix or, you know, buy something on iTunes or whatever. And it's like, okay, if that were true, why do we still have DVDs? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if streaming would have killed anything off first, it would have been the DVD, right? But it's yep. still here. Why? I, I don't, don't get it. Why are we wasting so much plastic making DVDs still? But, okay, like, to put this in perspective, this would be like while the DVD and Blu-ray thing was going on for, for 10 years, if we also still had VHS, right? I want you to think about that. If VHS only died out once 4K Blu-ray <laughs> came out, it's fucking bizarre to me. Like, are we going to have to wait for 8K Blu-ray or whatever's next before DVD finally dies? And yeah, and I just feel like we're stuck in this really weird place when it comes to media. Uh, so we have that whole weird scenario. But then we also have the odd scenario where Criterion, Arrow, uh, Shout Factory, and what was the other one that I just found out about today that released Barton Fink? Oh, uh, Kino. Kino. None of them are releasing in 4K, right? All of the like special edition packs or the the like really nicely restored um, movies released they're, by third party yeah. companies are all releasing on Blu-ray, not 4K. Yeah, they're mas they're remastered in 4K, but released on standard Blu-ray. On standard Blu-ray, which means if you want the really nice collector's boxes, you can't buy them in 4K. You have to buy them in Blu-ray. I just find the 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 place that we're in with media right now very strange yeah that's that's my that's my gripe with dvd <laughs> like i was just walking around walmart and i'm like why the fuck can't i find any of the movies that i want on blu-ray like what year are we living in where <laughs> 480p is still okay it's 2007 again god <sighs> oh and that's not even to get into like this shitty state that cases are in now <laughs> Like, you remember when you could, like, kill somebody with a DVD yep, case, and yep. now they're, like, the thinnest, most brittle plastic ever? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, uh, one of the, the movies that I got, I forget which one it is, but it's a, a movie that I spend $20 on, right? And I, as soon as you pick it up, you can feel it. It just, like, crushes under just normal picking right. up. And you open it, and yep. the whole thing just sort of 
flex is open and it's got that that you know the the recycle uh, symbol cut out of it and then you remove the disc oh and God, there's like there's plastic missing from underneath the oh disc also God. and the whole thing is just so flimsy and dank or I, dank jank dank, <laughs> yeah. dank blu-ray case yo oh my god I fucking hate those. I think like 30% of the DVDs and Blu-rays that I have are those really shit-tastic cases <laughs> yeah. for really new, really popular movies. Yeah, no. Yeah, I know. Well, it's worse for newer movies. It's it's better if you buy um like older collector's editions yeah. uh style movies or anything from like Criterion. Um they usually have like really nice cases. Yeah. And it's also why I like Digibooks so much. Those things are fucking solid. You could kill somebody with it. With a <laughs> with the uh the Clockwork Orange Digi book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The thing's pretty pretty thick. <laughs> or the Blade Runner one. With my copy of Blade Runner. Oh uh, well you the have briefcase. the one in the briefcase. Is that Blu ray or is that <laughs> the DVD, DVD one? That's the DVD yeah. one. Yeah. I don't think did they ever do that release on Blu ray? Yes. If they, they did, did, it was, it was a, a very release. short run. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing it in uh, one of the used movie stores around here. Still get the whole briefcase. And I thought about getting it just for the fuck of it, but they wanted like a hundred bucks for it. Like, it no. It's not worth a hundred bucks. Let me is tell the you. briefcase metal or is it plastic? It's plastic. Oh, that sucks. From what I can remember. I don't know off the top of my head. I haven't taken that thing out in a while. But it's like pretty solid it's pretty solid plastic. Mm. High quality. Yeah, so I something else. I bought um, Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. Now, when Interstellar was released, um, it came with an IMAX film cell. Why doesn't Dunkirk? <laughs> like, is Dunkirk somehow less special? Like, I don't it's, know. I mean, it it's not necessarily something that I guess should be expected of any release or director, yeah. but it would have been nice, especially because Dunkirk, not only was it shot IMAX, like uh, Interstellar and a lot of other Christopher Nolan's movies, but it's the first movie that Christopher Nolan shot entirely 65 millimeter, yeah. right? Even the stuff that wasn't IMAX was still 65. So it, it would have been nice to have a film cell to go along with that. Um, I looked them up. Apparently, there were some screenings that you got a film cell at. Which pisses me off because I mean probably New York and L.A. <laughs> maybe, um, but the the film the film cells are have like a a, a cell at the bottom yeah. that says I saw projected on film or, or whatever yeah. the fuck. It's like well so did I and I didn't <laughs> get shit. <laughs> right. I mean that was the same with uh, with Hateful Eight because they did that. Oh, well, the Hateful Eight was a road show. Yeah, and, well, and that's that's the version that, that I booklet, saw. Yeah. yeah, I have two of those booklets. Yeah, no, but. Uh, from what I can remember, some theaters, like very few, had film cell of it oh, that, that they sucks. gave out. It like, was like, it it was New York and L.A. I think. When I have fuck tons of money, I'm just gonna go crazy and buy a shitload of film cells. Hey, not before <laughs> cover other costs that you no, have. No, film cells <laughs> are the most important thing in my life. All right, I need them. All right, so let's let's move on. Um, all right, what do we got to talk about next? All right, let's do this real quick. Have you seen the the trailer for the new animated Spider-Man movie? Animated? Yeah. No. Well, I actually I've heard about it. I haven't seen it. You seen the trailer? If I'd thought about it, I would have but, shown it to you yeah. before this podcast. Um it looks very strange. 
All right. Um, the the animation is a hundred percent digital. Like you can fucking tell, but oh it looks nice. Um, it's definitely a, a cut above like your your standard sort of um DC or Marvel animated yeah. movie. Um, there's definitely something else going on. The whole thing just looks neon. It's crazy. But I guess the idea of the movie is that there's not just one Spider-Man. There's like uh, a shitload of Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. There are. Okay. But that's uh, that's like. Yeah, from what I, the only one that I know the name of off the top of my hand is Miles Morales. But there's like a fuck ton of Spider-Man. Yeah, out well, there. the the idea of this movie is that there there's a fuck ton of Spider-Man that are all operating at the same time. At the same time. At, yeah. Okay. No. Then. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. It's like a. It's like a. It's like if New York, if the only superhero in New York was Spider-Man, and there are like a fuck ton of them. So there's like a whole group of Spider-Man that all operate independently, it looks like. And it's, yeah, I don't know. It's very strange. That sounds like somebody needs to lay off the magic mushrooms. And it looks like, uh, what's his name, Miles? Miles Morales. Yeah, it looks like he's the main character because it, at the very end of the trailer, he, you know, one of the Spider-Man like flips onto a building right into the camera and rips off the hood. And, oh, holy shit, black man. Yeah, that's Miles Morales <laughs> Where, probably. Yeah. And and you're like, why did it need that reveal? You know what I mean? <laughs> Where it's like, it really came off like, look, we have a black person in our movie. <laughs> it was really odd to me. Because it's like, you couldn't just show him in the rest of the trailer. You had to have this weird intro for him. Yeah. I don't know. Is this the first movie that that character has appeared in? Like, has uh, he appeared in any of the other animated movies? In the other animated movies, I believe so. And I believe he's appeared in almost all of the animated uh, Spider-Man cartoon shows since mm. the 90s or since whenever the character was created. Okay, so, yeah, I don't know. That just struck me as but. really weird that we needed to fill the frame with, with his face where it's like, why? You couldn't just show him in the rest of the goddamn trailer. You had to wait till the end and make it a weird reveal that everybody kind of saw coming. I would have been more impressed if he pulled the mask off and it was like Robert Downey Jr. underneath. <laughs> like live action Robert right, Downey live Jr. Live action Robert Downey Jr. Just his head like plastered there. That would have been funnier. So yeah, that was this. I don't remember what the name of the movie is. We'll have to. Fuck if I we'll, know. We'll have I to look it up I don't after really... the podcast. But, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you the trailer afterwards. Right now, let's move on to what, uh, what I actually wanted to talk about, All which right. was Sicario 2. Now, I, I did think to show you that trailer mm -hmm. before we recorded. So what what's your first impressions of the Sicario 2 trailer? Actually, you know what? Before we get into that, should we do like a brief overview of what Sicario is in case somebody hasn't seen it? Go for it. All right. Um, Sicario is a movie directed by uh, Denis Villeneuve, who is French. French-Canadian. Oh, French-Canadian, yes. He is. He's one of my favorite working directors right now, and he obtained that status very quickly with me. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, all you have to do is, you know, go watch Enemy, go watch Prisoners, go watch Sicario, go watch Arrival, and yep. then go watch Blade Runner 2049. And, like, if you're not a fan of him, then there's something wrong with you. <laughs> so... He directed Sicario, and it is one of the probably one of the best movies to deal with that subject matter. For sure, for sure. Because normally, okay, what Sicario is about is sort of a militarized segment of the government that is sort of disguising themselves as police, sort of. Um, but they, basically, they they what they're doing is they're trying to stop the cartel, right? Yeah. 
They're essentially secret police, I guess. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> but they're heavily militarized, and they've got a, a very questionable character working with them. Uh, that character is played by Benicio Del Toro, and he's, in, in a great movie, he was probably the best part of it. Uh, it also has Josh Brolin in it, and... Uh, Emily Blunt, I think? One of the things that uh, Denis Villeneuve excels at is atmosphere. When you watch any of his movies, his atmosphere is just absolutely crushing. And and usually it's not a positive thing, right? And what I mean yeah. by that is the atmosphere is just an atmosphere of crushing dread, right? Where through the whole movie, you feel like something really fucking bad is about to happen, right? And that feeling never goes away. And that's it, and that's the same with um, most of his movies. Less so in Blade Runner, um, but definitely in Sicario, definitely in Prisoners, and definitely in um, Enemy. And Arrival. And Arrival, and Arrival yeah. but different. Arrival had more sort of like a positive overtone to it, whereas yeah. <laughs> Sicario and Enemy, or and uh, <laughs> Prisoners, <laughs> is just like human filth and everything <laughs> is horrible and everyone's depressed, right? Arrival yep, yep. was still a little bit more positive than that. Yeah, and I checked. It is Emily Blunt. It is Emily Blunt. Okay. Um. Anyway, so Sicario 2. I showed you the trailer for it. Uh, well, how do you feel about Sicario 1? I really like Sicario okay. 1. Okay, so I showed you the trailer for Sicario 2. Yep. What are your first impressions of that? It, it looks like a joke. <laughs> It just looks like a pure joke. Okay, is that's that all, all you I, got? <laughs> that that's the best way to describe it. Is it doesn't? It feels like they brought up, you know, oh, you know, this would be cool if this happened, like the fan fiction okay. sort of mentality. So let let me let me tell you a little bit about it. All right. Um, now, from watching the trailer, ben, Benicio, is that how you pronounce yeah, his name? Okay. Benicio. Benicio Del Toro and uh, Josh Brolin both return. Uh, Emily Blunt, I don't think, is in it. Um, her character doesn't make an appearance, anyway, in the, in the trailer. So those two actors play the same characters, so they return. So it, yep. it is more of like a, a true sequel than something like Jarhead 2, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, which is honestly what I expected when I heard Sicario 2. I was like... They're jarheading this. That's what's happening. So those two uh, do return. It has the same writer, which really surprised me. It has the same composer. Now, that's questionable because maybe they just reused the score from the first movie. I don't know. So it has the same, those two same actors, uh, same writer, and same composer. It does not have the same DP, which is DP, director of photography, cinematographer. Let's, uh, let's not go mature. Okay, so... Yes, it, it does not have the same cinematographer, which is yeah. evident because it does not look like the first movie. No, it does not. But here's the weird thing. The cinematographer is Ridley Scott's DP. So he shot Prometheus. Uh, I think he I think he did All the Money in the World, which is coming out now. It's out now. Yeah. Today. Um, I think he did that, Um, but he, he definitely worked on, like, a fuck ton of Ridley Scott films. Later Ridley Scott. Yeah. Uh, so he did the the new Alien movie. What was it? Covenant. Um, which are nice looking movies. I'll I'll give him that. Um, not to go into everything else about those movies. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. That that's a topic for another yeah. podcast. Um, and he also shot parts of the Caribbean two, three, and four, which are also nice looking movies. Yeah. But Sicario two just does not have the atmosphere that the first one did. Like, the, the atmosphere is completely missing, you know? Yeah. And that's what was so important about the first one is that atmosphere of crushing dread. Yeah, this just felt like 
Okay, so there's you remember the movie SWAT with Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was based on a television series from the seventies. Yeah. It's come full circle, and there's another television series. Yeah, I know. based on the movie. <laughs> I know. It looks fucking stupid. It looks it looks like this new television series. It it did look weirdly TV. Yeah. Like because like I was saying, you know, Prometheus, Parts of the Caribbean two and three, they're they're good looking movies. Mm-hmm. So it it was weird finding out that he was the the DP when you look at the trailer because it's yeah. like it literally looks like you know it looks like TV. And so I guess also needless to say, um, Denny Villeneuve does not return to direct. Not only does he not return to direct, he doesn't even have a producer credit. It doesn't look like he's involved in any way with this. Yeah, so it looks like a studio decision, probably. It, yeah, it looks it looks like a cash grab, which... I'm not surprised by No, because point. it doesn't need a sequel. Like, that's the thing. For sure. It, you watch the first one, and it, it wraps itself up perfectly fine. It does not need a sequel. There's nothing more to be said. Yeah, because you know? when I heard... when I. When I actually saw the post on Facebook that they were making a second one, I did think exactly that. Yeah, like, why? Why? <laughs> you know what I mean? There is no fucking reason it needs a sequel. It would it would be like making a sequel to any of um, Denis Villeneuve's other movies. None of them need sequels. That's one of the reasons that yeah. I kind of love him, is he makes beautifully self-contained movies. Though I will reserve my thoughts about Dune until that <sighs> comes out. Yeah, that's going to be a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, because, yes, Denis Villeneuve is directing Dune. Yep. I would call it a remake, but... I mean, do we really count the original? <laughs> well, but here, the thing is, it's not a remake of the original. The original yeah. sort of just, like, fucked off and did its own thing, so. Yeah. Eh. And everybody hates the original, too. Yeah, so. I mean, this is more, I mean, it's this, technically a remake, but it's more of. Doing it right in the first yeah, place. It's yeah. more of, it's based on the book, and we're going to pretend that first one never happened. Yeah, pretty much. So he's he's basically, I guess, rebooting. I mean, if you want to, if you want to use that word, Dune, and we don't really know anything about it. He's he's directing it, but we don't know how long it's going to be. We don't know if it's going to be like a trilogy or anything. We literally just know that he's directing it. Yeah, that's all we know about it. And after seeing Blade Runner, Mm -hmm. which Blade Runner is what really cemented him in my mind as a great director, because um, Enemy and Prisoners both have issues. Mm-hmm. But sure. they're they're good movies overall. But then you look at Sicario, which yep. is a great movie. Then you look at Arrival, which is a yep. mind blowing movie, right? Blade Runner, not as good as Arrival. I have yep. some some qualms with it, but still, great movie. Mm-hmm. So I have faith that he will do Dune properly. But we'll see. We'll see yeah. if he's steamrolled by the studio. Yeah, for me. This is one one movie that I have really high expectations. I've seen that expectations or hope, both I guess. Expectations in that Denny Villeneuve has been able to produce top quality films so yeah. far, and hope in that Dune is very close book to my heart. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite science fiction books out there. My favorite space opera by far. Mm. See, I've never read it. Yeah. So it's it's going to be, um, I guess, more important to you than it is to me. I just want a good movie. Yeah. I'm tired of shit movies. I just want a good movie. Same here. 
So, I mean, you're telling me the day after I saw the new Star Wars. So, <sighs> we're not <laughs> we're we're not going to get into Actually, we were we were going to talk about something to do with that. We were going to talk about we're We'll figure it out. We'll just go through what we. <laughs> I don't remember so what it was because I actively don't want to review it. Yeah. But we were going to talk about something, and I don't remember what it was. How anyway. stupid it was. That's a review. <laughs> anyway, Dune. <laughs> Back on topic. Dune. What? What about Dune? Nothing. You were still talking, and I interrupted you. Um, Star Wars. What did you have to say about Star Wars? I don't want to sit here for like a fucking yeah, no, hour and no. review it. I'll just say it's bad. Oh, but, I remember what oh. I wanted to talk about, but go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it's bad, but it's it's not as bad as people seem to think it is. It's probably a 40% rated movie. There's some horrible moments. There's some pretty cool moments, but... Yeah, overall, like, it's just fucking weird space yeah. Leia. Yes. Overall, I'm never gonna let that go. By the way, ever. I know, I know, it, it was really fucking dumb. But overall, it was just a mediocre movie. It was there. It's Disney. Fuck, whatever. <laughs> you know. So okay, I remembered what I wanted to talk about. All right. Now, on the last episode, we talked a lot about Disney. Oh yeah. Right? And that was, we recorded that before Last Jedi came out. Yep. Um, now that Last Jedi has come out, and now that I'm seeing people's reactions to it, I think something really interesting is happening. Yeah. I think people are starting to get tired of Disney. So, without going into too much detail or a massive rant like I did last time, Yeah. Um, basically, when you look at the way Disney is handling Star Wars, I think... Star Wars is what is going to tear people away from Disney. Because um, if you look at what they're doing with Marvel, yep. which everybody loves for reasons that I cannot fathom. Though it's starting to look like people aren't going to like the yes, new one. exactly. So, now, okay, so you have, like, the first two whatever fucking waves of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, whatever they call those fucking things. Three so far, I think. Three waves. I think it's whatever. three now. I don't give a shit. Three phases. Um, it's phases. That was it. These are these are movies entirely designed to profit off of nerd culture, basically. Yeah. Nobody who makes them gives a fuck about these movies, right? No. But I think they stepped in a little bit of doo-doo when it comes to Star Wars. Star Wars fans really do care. For the most part, there's always oh. the the idiots that you look up the you know the premieres of the prequels and of the the idiot fanboys who're like yeah fucking Jar Jar's awesome. <laughs> there's always that guy, right? But I think that's George. That's just George Lucas's <laughs> that multiple George accounts. Lucas? Okay, but I think Star Wars fans overall have really high expectations of yeah. Star Wars, and I think the reason is when you look at the Marvel movies, you're transcending medium. Yeah. Right. So you're going from comic books to movies. With mm -hmm. Star Wars, you're not doing that. Right. Yeah. Everybody knows what a Star Wars movie should look like. Mm -hmm. The prequels clearly don't look like that, and neither do these movies. Mm -mm. And I think it's starting to get under people's skin. Right. Yep. Um, because you had the uh, you had Episode Seven, Force Awakens, come out to mostly good reviews, but there are still those people who are like, I don't know, this is this is just a rehash. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, those mostly good reviews have been 
declining as people are rewatching yeah, the film. Yeah, as people rewatch um, the Force Awakens, I think it's becoming less and less popular. I know we saw that happen real time with one of our friends. Oh yeah. Basically, the first time he watched it, he was like, "This is the best fucking movie ever made." And then, you know, the longer it went on, he would he would just start being like, "You know what? This movie's kind of stupid." And it's like, yeah, because it is. Yeah. Um, and seeing that that mentality with him is carried over into the new movie as well. He's like, yeah, this was kind of a mediocre movie. So I think that's what we're starting to see is like the, the fanboys sort of like flared out when it came to um to, to episode seven. Yeah. And then we saw what was what was the in between one? Rogue One. Rogue One. We saw Rogue One. Everybody he, fucking loves that still, though. Yeah, but there was still even people going like, there's this, there's this, and eh, oh, I don't yeah. know about that. You know, it, it feels like people, it feels more like people want to love it mm-hmm. more than they actually do love it, yeah. right? Now, I mean, uh, full disclosure, I watched about 20 minutes yeah. of, uh, what was it called again? Rogue, Rogue One. One. Yeah. I watched about 20 minutes and turned it the fuck off. Like, it's one of the most poorly paced movies I've ever fucking seen in my life. Yeah. I, I don't understand how people watch that and were like, no, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, the story pacing is mind-bogglingly bad in that movie. I've seen the movie, I think, twice now. Once was this friend, this mutual friend that we've talked about. Yeah. And once was, it was on Netflix, and I just put it on in the background. That's what I did. I saw it on Netflix, and I was like, I may as well just watch this. Yeah. And I only watched it a second time just to try to recollect my thoughts on what I felt on the movie. Mm-hmm. And that second time was just a drag. <laughs> like, if the best part, you know, if the best thing that people say about the movie is the last five minutes, yeah. go yeah. fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Film, that's, like, that's what I keep hearing where everyone's like, oh, but the last five, ten minutes so are, are really good. It's like, yeah. no, the rest <sighs> of the movie has to get me there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, you have... You have people like, okay, when the movie first comes out, it's a burst of people like, oh my god, oh, yeah. this movie's great. But then the longer it goes on, yeah. right, the the more decline, and people actually look at it and go, this is kind of dumb. Like, there's some yeah. stupid shit in these movies. Yep. And what was interesting is the Last Jedi comes out, and it happened immediately. It broke a record. In fact, it has the largest drop off from first to second week for ticket sales for a movie ever. Really? I didn't even yep. know that. It broke that record. I think it's expected to be on par for the next week as well for that. Again, to that's, hit that. That's interesting. That's really interesting because yep. that's that's just sort of more proof of what I'm talking about is I, I really feel like people are starting to lose their their drone-like obedience to Disney because, yeah, like, you know, you would expect, like, you know, the big thing you know star wars the next star wars movie's out guys it's fucking amazing but yeah. instead people went and saw it and came back and they were like leia's floating around in outer space yoda's <laughs> a crazy asshole luke dies spoilers and and people are sort of really disenfranchised i yeah. think and, and and laura dern shows up for some reason <laughs> and so you look at rotten tomatoes and it's got like a 92 percent critic score yep. but the audience score is 52 percent yep right and that's dropped. It used when it first came out. It was fifty-seven the first weekend it mm, came out. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that. And then about halfway through the week, it dropped to a fifty-four, and now it's at a fifty-two. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting because um, not only are we seeing 
the people becoming frustrated with these Star Wars movies. Frustrated to the point where people have made a petition to take this new movie out of the canon. Yeah, you told me about that. That's hilarious. Yep. So not only are people frustrated with the new Star Wars movies, yep. Star Wars fans are frustrated that they still can't obtain the the original unaltered Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah. And Disney, as far as I know, has no intentions of releasing them. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy said that the original unedited ones are George's property, and we are not going to touch them. So, yeah, I think people are pissed about that. And then you, you look at sort of the, uh, the behind the scenes with the Marvel movies, and you have oh, actors jumping ship, right? Yep. You have Robert Downey Jr. doesn't want to be involved yep. anymore. And can you fucking blame him? Yeah. Like, he's a really good actor, and now he's just been pinholed as Iron Man. When yep. he can do other shit, he's a really fucking good actor. Like, and, Also, and Chris Evans wants out. Chris Evans wants out. Um, uh, somebody else did, too. I believe it was Mark Ruffalo. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Mark Ruffalo. What, what's his name of the place? Thor? Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Um, Chris just... Hemsworth is happy right now. Well, um, but <laughs> he's just happy because he has a role, I'm sure. <laughs> well, he has a role that's in something yeah. other than Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, but... I, I think we'll start seeing him get frustrated soon, too. Yeah. Because he, he made this new Thor movie in, in sort of the way that he wanted to make it, and it's, like, sillier and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. But I I think Disney and, is not going to let him do yeah. that for much longer. It was and similar so, and directed by the guy who d- directed What We Do in the Shadows, which was fucking mm-hmm. weird that he's directing it. Yeah, well, it's because he's not. Like well, we said last week, the movie yeah. was directed by a fucking board of businessmen. Yeah. Well, and you can tell where he directed because it feels like jabs at Disney. <laughs> but but yeah, so I, I think this is interesting. I, I really think we're seeing the very beginnings of not like the fall of Disney, not that Disney is ever going to like crumble into nothingness. Uh, but Despite what I wish. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we're starting to see the uh, people become, like I said, really disenfranchised with them. I think yeah. people are going to start becoming frustrated. They're not going to want to um, follow Disney's uh, path for much longer, especially with this um, the, the Fox buyout. Yeah. I think people, After people get their head out of their ass, I think they're going to realize what that actually means, Mm -hmm. and they're going to start seeing the issues it's making. I think we talked about uh, last week there's already a lawsuit being brought against Uh, them. The uh, antitrust committee is looking into it. Okay. That's the last So they're they're looking into it. Yeah. So I really feel like um, Disney is flying too close to the sun right now, and and they're going to crash. Yeah. And I think most of what it is is the fact that if you go to the theater, probably at least half of what's in the theater is a Disney film. Yeah, I know. And it that's fucking not, pisses yeah. me off. Like, and that shit's not okay. It's completely antitrust. It it's is. It's not fair play. It's not fair ground. Because they are literally buying the theater, the, the auditoriums in the theaters for amounts of periods where they can't do anything else with them. Yeah. Um, for ridiculous uh, amounts of periods yeah. as well. I mean, and just look at what Disney did to uh, Quentin Tarantino with Hateful Eight. Yep. Um, Tarantino, I forget which theater it was. Do you remember? 
I do not. It was an older theater that um, means something to Tarantino, right? Uh, he, yeah. He has, like, history with that theater. Yeah. Uh, or, I mean, he, he really loves that theater, and he was going to... It was going to be where his premiere was for Hateful Eight, and it was going to be projected on film, 70 millimeter, and everything yeah. was going to be great. Uh, but then Disney comes in, throws a fuck ton of money at the theater, uh, and and buys it out for what w- what would have been the entire run of Hateful Eight, uh, yeah. so that Tarantino couldn't use it. I mean, it's just like that's petty. Disney <laughs> gives no fucks. It's ridiculous. And yeah, when you walk into a theater any time of the year, yep. and Half the shit on the wall is Disney, and it's going to be even more than that now that they own Fox. Oh, yeah. Right? So when you see almost every movie in every theater is connected to Disney in some way, that's not okay, especially when they can't make good movies. (laughs) Right? Like, it's, oh, my God. It pisses me off that people cannot wrap their heads around this. Right? Where it's not a good thing for one company to own such a massive portion of an industry. Yeah. And growing up, this the whole learning about Disney and everything behind the scenes with them is sort of a a stab in my childhood cuz I grew up with the, you know, the 80s and 90s, The Lion King yeah, and yeah. all that shit and it's like Yeah, so did I. Those movies are they were so good. Did did you and grow up Disney... with um the Disney cartoons, like Saturday morning cartoons? Yes, as well as those. I grew up with those as well. And even into the mid-2000s, you know, Kim Possible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, earlier yeah. than that, Gargoyles. Um, see, I, I missed out on the, the 90s Disney television because yeah. I didn't have cable as a kid, which is, you know, sad for me. I know. But, um, no, yeah, when I got a little bit older, like early teens, Kim Possible, American Dragon. American Dragon. Um, God, there was another one. I don't remember. Whatever. <laughs> Kim Possible and American Dragon were both great. Yep. And, of course, D- uh, Disney animated movies, even though I have a hard time dealing with, uh, like, I don't like musicals. Yeah. Um, but you cannot deny how good a movie Lion King is, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't like Disney princess bullshit, but you can't deny the talent that went into animating Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's some of the, the best animation ever put to film i think yeah despite you know my feelings for a lot of those princess movies because i grew up with the original stories behind them that yeah yeah. that they're based on and just like seeing that water aren't like like half of them german i think about 80 percent of them are german right and your family is german yes so and they are all fucked up yeah oh yeah yeah. no disney completely uh yeah neutered them it frozen is the latest one that they took oh really was that based on something yep uh the evil is like the evil queen or ice queen or something like that i don't remember what Mm. the fuck it's called but it was based on that loosely Mm. and very loosely in the fact that they shared, you know, the main characters and that uh, one of them had ice powers. Mm. And that's about all they shared. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty much about the same with uh, Pocahontas. Like, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, the, let's the Disney, Pocahontas the, up. The Disney Pocahontas movie yeah. has basically nothing to do with the true story. But yeah. <sighs> I love hearing about why Pocahontas was made 18 in that film. Because... Mm. And this is from the original, the original animators from that. 
is that they found it would be creepy to audiences if Pocahontas was was like 14. Yeah. Like she should be or whatever. Or however old she should be. They just shouldn't have brought her age up at all, but whatever. They shouldn't have made the movie at all. No, well, <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. It's hard to say because there's still some good stuff in that movie, even though there's if some it good has animation. Fucking noth- yes, it has some great animation. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. Growing up with those movies, and I fucking love hand animation. Oh, yeah. And so now to see what's happened to Disney, where they just have no fucking interest anymore. Yeah. The last hand animated movie that they made was. Um, Princess Frog, Princess and the Frog, the Frog yes, Princess, yes, whatever yes, the fuck. Frog Princess, I think. Yeah. Um. Which Which was good. It was It was decent. It wasn't amazing, but it it, it had a, some of that old Disney tooth. You know what I mean? Like the last bit of it. Yeah. Well, the villain, right? Yeah. If you If you look at a lot of Disney villains, like they're kind of fucked up, and and that's oh, yeah. that's what I liked about them. You know, what's his face in Hunchback? Oh my God, that guy is amazing! Like this—that's probably Disney's best villain, even though I don't Secret like the Disney movie. rapist. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Um, and and Frog Princess, whatever the fuck that movie's called. <laughs> you know, that villain had a yeah. little bit of that. You know, like you could see that Disney spark a little bit in there. Mm-hmm. But um, since then, it's just been fucking. Uh, CG animated movies yeah, that garbage. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I haven't seen most of them. I didn't even bother watching. Uh, ah, fuck. Uh, what was the one? Frozen. You just, yeah, Frozen. I didn't even bother watching Frozen. Yeah, I only watched that because it was two in the morning and it was on Netflix. <laughs> and I and I watched <laughs> I, it. And I'm just like, this is dumb. I mean, like it it really pisses me off. Like yeah. Disney owns Pixar. Let them make the CG animated movies. Though, you keep making hand yeah. animated movies. That's what though, you're good at. Though lately with Pixar. Well, lately, but that's a different topic. <laughs> um, but point is, like, yeah, I hate seeing where Disney, where Disney is now. Yeah. Um, from where they came from. I mean, they've always been greedy assholes. Oh, oh, totally. Disney Look at has, any of the <laughs> any yeah. of the uh, interviews with Walt Disney. Disney, yeah, Disney as a company has always been a money-grubbing whore, but they at least used to make good shit. They, like, you know, their animated movies had real integrity to them, you know? Not so much anymore. Like, I can't think of the last Disney movie that came out where I was like, this has integrity. (laughs) Like, I mean, really. Oh, you know what? Zootopia. Zootopia was decent it wasn't no. amazing no no but it was it was decent it was still no. better than most of the animated yeah. movies coming out but that was you know it's one where there was a huge dry spell of that beforehand <laughs> yeah yeah and then and then yeah there was a huge dry spell where nothing had any dignity or integrity yep. and then zootopia comes out and it's like well at least it feels like somebody gave a fuck about this one you know yeah. not that it was an amazing movie. It was good. It's entertaining. It has a plot and characters, so that's different. Yeah. And I don't know where the lawsuit on that's at. Oh, it's in the toilet. Is it? Yeah, there's okay. there's a retarded lawsuit because some asshole said that they stole it. And when you actually look at what his idea was, has nothing to do <laughs> with what Disney's movie is. Pretty much the only thing in common was anthropomorphic characters. Yeah, not even the same anthropomorphic nope. characters. Not even the same animals. Nope. I, I feel like people are very slowly starting to see Disney for what they actually are. Yeah. 
Which is a good thing. But yes, it's a good thing. I wish it came sooner because I'm done with superhero movies. I'm fucking done. I'm oh, tired yeah. of superhero movies. Can we please move the fuck on? They need to stay in comics. It was. It's a cool idea, you know, to talk with your friends or whatever about like, oh, that would be cool to see in the theater. But it's not actually cool when you see it in the theater. Well, not the way they're doing it. Like, here's the thing is... There used to be good superhero movies before the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep. You know Mostly what I'm Batman, saying? But well, there was the Chris Nolan Batman, yep. but also the, the Tim Burton Batman. Yeah. Um. There was the um. Oh, the I, Sam Raimi Spider Man. Well, yes. First two Sam Raimi. The first Spider-Man. two Sam Raimi Spider Man. First are three X Men. Well, first two X Men are amazing, and third, third one, one's okay. Third one's yeah, it's okay, but it's also. People like to debate whether it's actually okay or not. Yeah, a lot of people hate it. I I yeah. say it's okay. It's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing amazing, and it's nothing super shitty. No, no, no. Uh, I'll take it over the modern X Men movies for sure. Um, and and there was also the um the original Superman movies. Yep. Like at least the first uh, two. Christopher Reeve, uh, starring in that. Cri- right? Yeah, yeah. Christopher Reeve. I was trying to think of the director though. And I can't oh, the, doesn't matter. Fuck if I know. Um. <laughs> Anyway, the first two of those. So, like, good superhero movies yeah. have... Ex- oh, and not to mention the, the the random one-offs, like Watchmen. Yep. You know, you, you had those those one-off, like, not DC or Marvel yeah. um, movies that came up every now and then. Yeah. Uh, Sin City was all right. Yeah, Sin City. I mean, if you could call it a superhero movie. That, it was a I mean, it's, a, it's a comic book adaptation. adaptation. It's not yeah. a superhero movie. But, yeah, so... But the no. point is, like, <laughs> good superhero movies existed. And you know what made them better than the ones now? Integrity. They, integrity, but they were treated as movies, yeah. not superhero movies. That, right? Yeah, that's that, the difference. That's something interesting because Chris Nolan was actually talking about that recently. Mm. Sort of about the one thing that's different between his Batman films and the new superhero films was that they were given the luxury of time to be able to craft those into you know films they wanted yeah whereas modern superhero movies they're expected to pump out two or three a year a year yeah um but but even beyond that like i mean that's that's definitely a big part of the issue but still like there's just there's nobody behind them that gives a fuck like and people love to say like oh no this director's like a huge fan of the comic yeah that doesn't interview that doesn't mean he gives a fuck yeah right um because when you when you look at Sam Raimi making mm-hmm. Spider-Man, I don't know if he was a fan of comics or not, or a fan of Spider-Man as a character, but it doesn't matter because he oh, just man. made good movies. Yeah, right. Tim Burton didn't give a shit about. No, Batman. Tim Burton had never read a Batman comic, and I don't think still has ever read a Batman <laughs> comic. He never read a Batman comic. He never saw the Batman TV show. No, um, but he made. A decent movie. Like yeah. I've I've never been a huge fan of the Tim Burton Batman movie. Um, mm-hmm. I've never seen the second one. Point is, he it, it was still looked upon as a movie, not yeah. a superhero movie, right? You know, it they took their time, they wrote a script, they developed characters, they developed character arcs, and they had a story. Holy yep. shit, what a fucking concept, right? Like you yeah. you when you make a movie, you make a movie, not. Yeah. Uh, a fucking cash grab um, logo fest. Yeah. The one director that I can think of that I've actively known that gives a shit, despite the quality of the product, is James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Like, he gives a shit. The movies just aren't good. <laughs> he, he gives a shit. He's just bad at giving a shit. Pretty much. 
I think the only movies I've liked by him are Tromeo and Juliet and Super, which was another superhero movie that he did that was sort of well, a parody of them. Yeah, that was that was a, a very small sort of indie thing. Yeah. Um and it was it was sort of And it had the dude from the office in it. Yeah, it was sort of turning superhero movies on their head a yep. little bit because it was it was like really gritty and ridiculously realistic and awkward. Yeah. Um which is very different <laughs> from um Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like I, and to to a point that we've, you know, talked brought up before is that yeah. even if the director does give a shit, it doesn't matter because it's not directed by the director; it's directed by Disney. And and so yeah, I think that's something that people need to like realize is that good superhero movies already existed. It's just they weren't being shoved in our face yeah. fucking forty times every year. That was back when you know if it wanted to be, it could be a standalone movie. Yeah. You know, the sequels yeah. didn't like, need to happen, the but thing. they were their own thing. It's okay to make one movie. Yeah. This is something else the industry has forgotten. It yeah. is okay to do one movie and then move the fuck on. And let's not even get into cinematic universe. Holy shit. I was just going to bring not that up. Not everything needs to be a cinematic universe. Let it go. So did you hear about the most recent one? <sighs> Which one? There's the... People are talking, and there's hints that I don't remember what the fuck the movie is, but there's a movie coming out that's supposed to be the start of the Hasbro cinematic universe. Hasbro? <laughs> yep. Yep. Is it not going to be Transformers? Not Transformers, from what I know. <laughs> Whatever. It's going to fall on its face, just like the Universal Monsters yep. uh, cinematic just like universe. DC is. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hate it. I just, I hate everything. Everything needs to stop. <laughs> just everything. Well, not everything. Good movies need to keep coming. Good movies need to keep coming. They need to stop being pushed out of theaters by yeah. fucking more superhero movies. How like, many times can you watch, like, how many times yeah. can you watch the same movie with a different name slapped on it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think the most recent one, who it's sort of, I guess, the fault of postponing releases but could have been, like, you know, a great movie to see in, like, the Cine Capri would have been all the money in the world. But because it got pushed back yeah. to after The Last Jedi released, yep. and they still have their buy their buyout goes until mid-January. Yeah, which means the only way that you can see all the money in the world is going to be Shoebox in the... theater. Yeah, smaller theaters. Which, yeah, that's awful. Um, yeah. God, <laughs> it's just really irritates the shit out of me. Next week, we're not going to talk about Disney. We may promise that. <laughs> we may not. Um, if it, it comes if up. If Disney does something monumentally stupid, we'll talk about it. But yes, but I promise, I cannot promise you that I will cut it out if we end up talking about Disney. God damn it. All right. So let's move on to our next and final topic. Yeah. Um, I feel a little bit weird about doing this right. since this is only our second episode. But let's do an end of the year roundup. Uh, well, it is end of the year. Yeah, exactly. That's why we're doing it, even though oh, it's boy. our second episode. We're doing this shit. Because fuck you. So what we what I have here is the Rotten Tomatoes top 100 movies or top 100 rated movies of 2017. Oh, boy. Um, and now, as, as you're probably aware, Rotten Tomatoes isn't as arbitrary as, like, other 
top movie list would be because right, it's yeah. it's based on uh, both critic and audience yeah, rating. It's less personal preference. Yeah, it's it's more they they just you know sort of they look at the numbers and yeah. they list them. They order them in based based list. on the yeah. based on those numbers. Yeah. So, uh, I will start at a hundred and we'll work our way up, uh, mostly because number one pissed me the fuck off. Oh boy! So yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy this then. Yeah. And I don't know your feelings about the movie that's number one, so right. we'll see. Or if you've even seen it, come to think of it. So. We'll but find we'll, out. we'll get there. We'll find out. So, uh, coming in at number 100 is The Founder. Oh. Which, yeah, and as, as we go through, we, we'll talk a little bit about them. Right. We're not going to go through all 100 because I don't even know all of these movies, but we'll, we'll talk about the ones yeah. that are worth talking about. All right. The Founder, I liked. Yeah. It was decent. I thought it was a decent movie. It was... Very interesting to see the docudrama about McDonald's. Yeah, like you wouldn't think a movie about McDonald's would be that good. Yeah. You would think it would be like some corporate thing just trying to make McDonald's look amazing. But yeah. no, it was it managed to make McDonald's look even shittier than you already thought McDonald's was. Yep. And it had Michael Keaton in it, so it I was guess good. That's a plus. Um, but what what struck me about it is while I was watching the founder I was like, this has the potential to be a great movie had yeah. it been directed by David Fincher. <laughs> right. Right? Because it's right up his alley. Like, it, it it felt like if it had more of a social network kind of direction to it, it could have been fucking amazing. Yeah. But as it is, it's still it's still a decent movie. Um, let's see. 99, Major Prime. I have no idea what that is. What 98, Phantom Thread. 97, Maudie? Ninety six, Obit. I, yeah, see, I don't even Obit. know what. A, oh, okay. So ninety five, only the brave. All right, I saw that movie in theater. Yeah, I have not seen it. It's about the Prescott, Arizona firefighters that die in a massive fire in. Uh, I don't remember where it's at. I think it's Yuma, mm-hmm. somewhere way the fuck down south in Arizona. Now. For reference, we both live in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, I knew about this beforehand, so it was more interesting to me to see. I thought it was a really good movie. It came in in the months where all that was really out was Thor. (laughs) And then Justice League right after it. So it kind of got really overshadowed by those. But it was definitely... It was a really good movie. You know, I recommend people see it if they can. So, skipping ahead, because, like, I don't know yeah. a lot of these movies. Like, So, where are we at now? Well, there's a movie apparently at 98 yeah. with uh, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes is a movie called Gook. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I mean, what? I have a lot of questions what? about what that what? is, but... I'll probably look it up later, but... All right. Um, all right. Yeah, so skipping ahead to number 82 is Detroit. Now, have you seen Detroit? I have not. Do you know what it is? I do. Okay. Uh, Catherine Bigelow yes. movie about the riots in Detroit, uh, if I remember kinda. right. Kind of. Okay, so when you watch the trailer, it's pitched as being about basically an illegal per- police raid mm-hmm. on a motel filled with black people. And, of course, the 60s, so... That is a volatile situation. But the first half hour of the movie is about the Detroit riots in 67, I want to say. The the, uh, civil rights riots that went on. Um, Somewhere in the 60s. Um, 
it's a good movie despite itself. Like right. it's flawlessly directed. The acting is great, but either the writer failed or the editor failed. Because there is just information that's just straight up missing from info the movie. Dump. Oh, not info dumps. They're missing. No, like opposite of info dump. Where it's like, okay, f- well, you want to talk about info dump. The very yeah. opening of the movie is like weird children's drawings explaining the plight of black people. It was really fucking <laughs> odd and out of place. It kind of felt like, and I don't know this for sure, but yeah. it, it felt like something that Catherine Bigelow wouldn't have put in, except yeah. that the studio made her, right? It kind of it kind of had that feel to it. Um, but anyway, once you get past that and you actually yeah. get into the movie, the first thing that happens is there's a police raid on a bar in the middle of the night mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't have a liquor license, right? Now, it's a bar in, in Detroit, black part of town. Yeah. So, of course, people who live there see a bunch of white cops arresting a whole fuck ton of black people. Going to cause some issues. Yeah. So, uh, you know, people from the neighborhood... Um, you know, start gathering around, screaming, like, what the fuck did they do? Like, I demand you tell me, you know, and all of this. And they finally they finally get all of the bar patrons into the paddy wagons and go the away. paddy wagons. Whatever. They, and they drive away, and the, the neighborhood, you know, people are, like, chucking rocks at them. And once they drive away, they're like, yeah, we accomplished something. <laughs> right? Because they were leaving anyway. And it's not like they freed any of the prisoners. And so after the cops leave, they're all just left standing in the middle of the street. And they're like, well, I mean, since we're all here, we may as well loot this store. Because <laughs> that's how it came off. They were, they were standing in the middle of the street, high-fiving each other. And then somebody <laughs> just fucking breaks into the store. Like, <laughs> Now, okay, here's the thing. is, It is a fact that these people basically just destroyed the shit out of their own neighborhood. Right? Yeah. So you, you can't question the movie and say, well, that doesn't make any sense. But what you can say is, as a movie, you need to put me in the headspace that tells me why. Because just watching the movie and watching the riots, you're like, well, these people are just stupid. <laughs> like, there's no sympathy to be had for a group of people that's like, yeah, fuck you, police. I'm going to burn my own house down, <laughs> right? It makes no sense unless you, like, put me in their headspace and make me understand, and the movie yeah. doesn't do that. And then the movie, half an hour in, finally gets to the, the actual set piece of the movie, yeah. which is the motel. Yeah. And basically what happens is somebody fires a starter pistol out of a window uh, mm-hmm. just to fuck with the cops, and the cops show up and basically just murder everybody. Right, and they they keep um, uh, a lot of the patrons just up against the wall, and just torture the shit out of these people and mm-hmm. scare the shit out of them for like all night. Yeah. Um, and it's really tense. It's done really well. It's acted really well, and the tension is palpable. The problem is, this one scene, and as it turns out, is basically one long scene goes on for forty five minutes, literally. The movie's two and a half hours. Really. And the, what they say the movie is about in the trailer is only 45 minutes of that two and a half hours. Huh. And so it effectively becomes one 45-minute scene, and the longer it goes on, you're like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> this was tense. Now it's become boring because it's not progressing, right? Yeah. You're just showing me the cops fuck with them for 45 minutes. And yeah, that's fucked up, but 
can we have a story? And the the main character that they set up, um, they set up two main characters. They basically they have nothing to do for this forty five minutes. Hmm. They basically just disappear into the situation. Um, and then you get out of it and you go through the court trials. Yeah. Of of the situation, and it's like the movie like. I usually love long movies. I'm always the one saying that this movie needs to be three hours long, right? This movie needed to cut like half an hour. Yeah. And also explain shit. So they needed to cut half an hour off the movie, pick out some other scenes that really didn't need to be there, and replace them with some explanations of what the fuck is happening. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can understand the – you can understand the what – it's the why that's missing. Yeah. Right. And to me, all that I can think of without seeing the movie, you know, and actually seeing the scene, especially the uh, the looting mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. it just feels like they were all there and high-fiving and somebody happened to do something illegal at that moment. And so then mob mentality kicked in. I mean, sure. But again, you have to, as a movie, it's your job to put the audience in that headspace. Yeah. And they didn't. Um, now, like I said, Catherine Bigelow's directing was amazing, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the directing that was the problem. It was either the writing or the editing, because either the shit just wasn't written or the editor pulled it out. Um, and I will say the guy who made, who, who played the main villain, mm-hmm. the main dirty cop was kind of terrifying. Like he, he, his performance was fantastic. And I, I would recommend seeing this movie um, because it kind of just flew under everybody's radar. Like I saw the trailer for it, yep. but and then, then it, and then nothing. It it came out in like very select theaters. Weirdly, I didn't even know when it came out or when it left or what theaters they were in. Yeah. And so when I saw it in Redbox, I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like I wanted to see that. Like, yeah. okay, I guess I'll grab it now. Yeah. Um, Which is interesting because I don't know if it's going to be on here, uh, so I might as well talk about it now. Guillermo del Toro's new movie, Shape of Water. Yeah. Turns out it was a limited release, and the only only place really? here in Air. The only place here in the uh, it's playing metro, at Arizona Mills. The met yeah. Before the only place it was playing in the metro region for like the first two, first week two weeks it's been out, was the Fashion Square Mall, hmm. and then it extended to a couple more theaters. It's interesting. So I'll have to jump on that then. Yeah. I found it fascinating. Um, but yeah, so um, go see Detroit. It's a good movie. Uh, I wouldn't call it great. Right? All right, it's yeah. it's it's worth seeing. All right, all right. I think we've talked about this long enough. Yeah, moving on. Well, that's what it is. It's an end of the year roundup. We're we're just gonna talk about some movies. All right, let's talk about all 100 movies. Start from the top. No, oh, fuck that. Okay. Um. Yeah. God. See, I just Lady Macbeth. <laughs> there was another one of those. I guess. Um, okay. Lost City of Z, that sounds familiar, but I don't know. Okay, here's here's another one. Number 69. God damn it, of course it is. <laughs> Number 69, A Monster Calls with 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. All right. Um, Now, have you seen I oh. have not. Okay, so it's just going to be me talking this whole fucking time. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, so A Monster Calls. I'm not going to get too in-depth in- with this one because I don't think there's yeah. like a whole hell of a lot to say. Though it but, is a movie I do want to see. Yes, it's worth seeing. Um. 
now when you when you just look at it, it looks like it's gonna be like, oh fucking great, they made like another Bridge to Terabithia bullshit movie. But the the first thing you'll notice if you actually look on the back of the box that it's rated PG thirteen, not PG. Um and so that alone piqued my interest. And then of course it has Sigourney Weaver in it. Um, who does like weird little I don't know if this one was indie, but um, she does like weird smaller movies like this. Uh, from time Neil Blomkamp series on uh, Valve Steam platform. Is she in that? Yep, she's in that. Well, oh yeah, that's right because she was supposed to be in his Alien movie that yep. never got made. Alien Five. Um, Ridley Scott canceled. Yeah, fuck Ridley Scott. Anyway, <laughs> a lot. All the money in the world looks good. He just needs to stop making sci-fi movies. Um. Anyway, <laughs> we've talked. We talked about that last <laughs> did, week. Oh, did we? Yes, we did. Okay. We're not going to talk about it again. Anyway, um, a monster calls. So, um, basically, it's it was interesting because you go into it and you expect it to be somewhat like Bridge to Terabithia. Yeah. But it's not. It's if I had to compare it to anything, it's more like the Fountain. Hmm. Uh, which, That's very interesting. Yeah. Um. In just in the way that it. Okay, see, I had expected it to be about a kid dealing with his mother's death. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's about a kid dealing with his mother's inevitable death, right? She dies at the end of the movie rather than the beginning, which that alone makes it take a different sort of approach to the subject matter. Right. Uh, by the way, spoilers to all of these movies that we're going to be talking about. <laughs> yeah, um, if you've gotten this far, then I think you, you're starting to pick up that we don't give a fuck about spoilers. Yeah. Anyway, um, so it was a good movie. Uh, the monster was handled well, if not a little bit odd. Like, I I do think it would have been a better movie just without the monster. Just make a drama about a kid dealing with his mother's death. Yeah. Just do that. Get rid of the monster. Because um, the thing is, the way the monster functions is he, like, shows up, tells the kid a story, and then goes away. And then shows up again and tells the kid another story and then goes away. And then shows up again and tells the kid another story and then goes away. And then the kid is supposed to tell him the fourth story. right? Mm. And all of these stories have, I would say that they have morals, but they kind of don't. All of the stories are kind of specifically about moral <laughs> ambiguity. Like how, how morality is gray and how there's not always a good guy. There's not always a bad guy. Sometimes fucked up shit just happens, and sometimes the wrong person goes down for it. That's what his stories were about. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> like, that's different. Like, I I mean, I respect that. That's, you know. Um, but it's, That's probably why I had the PG-13 rating. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and, and I don't know. I, I liked that about it, right? But, like, you just, you didn't need the monster. You didn't need it, mm-hmm. you know. The interesting thing was it's about a movie dealing with death and the writer of the book died in the middle of writing it and it was picked <laughs> okay. up by another writer who finished it and then that writer wrote the screenplay. All right. Um so that was interesting about it. I I recommend watching the movie. It again isn't great, it's good though. Mm-hmm. All right. Um Battle of the Sexes. <laughs> I I heard about that and I just the only thing I know is I remember seeing the trailer and going, this looks like absolute garbage. <laughs> I, I, It sounds familiar, but I don't know it's right off. It's one of those really retarded, 
I want to be the next Judd Apatow comedy sort of ah, thing. Okay. So, okay, number 66, American Made. Did you see that one? Oh, God, I don't know right Son off the of top a of my bitch. head. bitch. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Right. He's a pilot. Yes. I I couldn't finish that all the way through. Okay. I got I, – I passed out during it. <laughs> what do you mean you passed out? I was tired. Okay, so not like you were wasted. <laughs> okay, so I saw this movie in the theaters mm-hmm. with my mom and my grandmother. <laughs> so that was weird because, yeah – it was my grandmother who yeah. wanted to see it, and I said, I don't know, I saw the trailer, it looks like it could be okay, but eh, I wanted to see Blade Runner, right? Yeah. It was, what's funny is, after Blade Runner came out, and nobody went to fucking see it, um, but it still got really good reviews, and my grandma was uh, texted me, and she was like, I am so sorry, we should have seen Blade Runner. <laughs> um, because when, when we got out of um, uh, American Made, my head hurt hurt because the movie itself is okay i wouldn't even call it good it's just sort of okay but the cinematography i think yeah we actually talked about this with our mutual friend right yeah uh over dinner once the cinematography i wanted to kill somebody it was straight up like they gave the camera to a small child and just said pointed at things. The cinematography is so fucking mind-numbingly bad. It was incredible. And the editing isn't much better. Yeah. Didn't we find Yeah, we found out that the cinematographer did something that actually looked decent before. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I don't what it remember was. what it was, but he did something that looked better than this. So you look at this and you're like, what the fuck happened? And it it looked like um, they okay. They shot it on Aerie Alexis, mm-hmm. but it looks like they didn't shoot it raw. Like it looks like they shot it compressed. So mm-hmm. like all you know, you have all the highlights are blown out. There's no information in the shadows, and it the whole thing just looks really flat. And then it it was like to combat it, they did what every film student does, and they just jacked up the saturation, and so it looks like a nightmare. I mean, it the movie looks fucking awful, and it flows really badly so that's why it's weird for me to say the movie was still kind of okay right when you when you get past that shit tom cruise was good in it the story itself is interesting it it wasn't told in the best way but the story was interesting it's just when you get past those massive flaws uh the movie is still okay underneath (laughs) it's it's the prime example of a movie being okay despite itself yeah all right. Um, I remember when you were talking about that, you mentioned it was like the cinematographer was fighting the director or something like that. Yeah, I think I said something like nobody could decide what they wanted to do. So, like, the camera is just fucking all over the place. There was a moment where a car goes into a ditch, and the this movie is filled with, like, terrible snap zooms, like trying to look like a documentary-style snap zooms. Yeah. And... The the camera's in the backseat of the car, and it snap zooms into the rearview mirror so that we can look at Tom Cruise's forehead. Why? Why do I need to see Tom Cruise's forehead? Like, if his eyes were in the mirror, I would understand that. But no, you're just looking at his forehead. Like, fucking why? You couldn't retake that shit if Tom Cruise didn't hit his mark or something? 
why am I looking at his forehead? Yeah, I was going to say that sounds like he was supposed to look into the look rear in the mirror, mirror, but didn't. And they were just yeah. like, eh, it's good enough. They ran out of money. <laughs> yeah. they, they ran out of film that they didn't use. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. It Comes at Night. Is that a movie that you know? It I, God. Damn. It sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, since neither of us have seen it, uh, let's moving on now to number 60. Oh, boy. I'm going to let you talk about this. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Uh, it was awful. And not just sequel awful. And not just Marvel awful. It was, it literally did not have a plot and shit happened awful. So just like random things happened and that's the movie. Pretty much. It starts off with... Uh, a young, uh, fuck, what's his name? Kurt Russell. Mm. A young Kurt, uh, young Kurt Russell uh, on Earth back in the '80s before before Chris Pratt's character. So you get to find out that like that's his dad or whatever, and then it jumps ahead to present day, and it's pretty much them fighting giant CG vomit creature. <laughs> And they steal some batteries. Some, we, okay, we should some explain space real batteries. quick what CG vomit means. It means really unnecessary, large, and ugly CG. Yeah, just c- filling the screen filling with the CG, screen. basically. Yep. Which, I mean, is all Marvel movies. Yeah, exactly. But they steal some batteries. They steal some batteries. They get in trouble for stealing the batteries and are going to be executed for it. For stealing batteries? For stealing space I, batteries. I assume this was played as, like, it's supposed to be funny. Uh yeah, it was, it was played as the little raccoon dudes being an asshole. Okay, and he's well, supposed to okay. learn at the end that he's not supposed to be an asshole or something. Okay, like but that. here's my question: like, yeah. when you say batteries, was it? Did the movie take it seriously? Like, oh, this was a bad thing that the characters did, or was it literally like they stole batteries and now these other characters are overreacting and it's supposed to be funny? The film couldn't decide. Sometimes <laughs> it was taken seriously. Sometimes it wasn't. Okay. Because okay. it would go from we literally we literally need these batteries to power the shield to keep more keep out these creatures like the one you just fought, and then it would literally cut to the characters going, "Ha I stole batteries." <laughs> and then, God damn it. Yeah. Then old Kurt Russell or present day Kurt Russell shows up and saves them. Kurt Russell turns out to be evil, and then he turns into a planet. <laughs> and then he dies. Turns the into end. A planet. Yes. What is it? The end of um, uh, uh, Doctor Strange. <laughs> Might as well be. So basically, he dies at the end, and then uh, Michael Rooker's character dies. Then that's it. Okay. So here's my question. Yes. Uh, there was some stuff in the middle, but it didn't matter. <laughs> is the movie just as pandering as the first one when it comes to the music? It's even worse. It's worse. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. that's kind of what I assumed. Now, to be clear, I love all of the music in the first movie. Yep. But I loved it before I saw the movie. And that's not like a hipster thing. That's mm-hmm. saying, like, it's so frustrating. Like, the movie is so bad that they had to get better. That They had to put better art into their movie in order yeah. to, for people to be like, oh, my God, the soundtrack is amazing. And that's something I've noticed that a lot 
of Hollywood movies are doing that. Yeah, now. they're starting to do it. Where they're they're starting to like bust out the golden oldies. Yep. Um, just to get people to to love the movie based on the soundtrack yep. rather than the movie. The only movie that I can think that actually you know did that well is Deadpool because De- it was just a complete well. joke. Sure. Yeah. So. Um, and it fit right in. I mean, there there are movies that do it well, but the the movies that do it well tend to be more of a necessity. Like you look yeah. at Almost Famous, like they use that music to build an atmosphere. Yeah. In Guardians of the Galaxy, it was there for literally no reason. Yeah. Oh, his mom made him a mixtape. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the movie Heavy Metal did it well. Sure. Well, the movie's was... fucking called Heavy Metal. <laughs> and it's based on Heavy Metal magazine, yeah. which was about heavy metal music. Yeah, exactly. So, there you go. Necessity But, but the way the way Guardians of the Galaxy uses it is incredibly pandering and completely pointless. Like, the, oh, yeah. the music adds nothing to the movie except that the music is better than the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot the best part about the movie. Guardians 2? Yes. Okay. At the end, Chris Pratt's character, you know, has a present from his mom before she died and he opens it and it's a second uh, cassette oh god damn it <laughs> yep it was a second cassette full of music i hope it's like hardcore gangster rap <laughs> yeah from the 80s yeah exactly from the early 80s exactly uh okay so throw, she throws it on and nwa comes blasting out yeah of it. exactly fuck the police <laughs> All right, so coming in at number 57 is a movie that I believe we've both seen. Oh, boy. It. It. Right. It It ha- comes in at number 57 with an 85% rating. Uh, I like that movie. So do I. It's The one thing I'd have to say is it's much different from the miniseries. Oh, 100%. But I think it, that was the point. Yeah. I don't think necessarily it should have been a straight horror movie like it was. How come? Explain. What else would it be? Because um, the the book, I don't know, this is just personal preference. You know, from the book to the screen, it as a story wasn't meant to be a horror story. It was just supposed, it was Stephen King saying, I want to do, you know, monster book, you know, kids and monsters. Ooh. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to throw in as many monsters as I can. Well, sure. That was that was the thing where yeah. the but, the yeah. miniseries it is yeah. always Pennywise. Pennywise is the clown specifically until he's a spider at the end. Until he's a weird space spider at the end. <laughs> this one I thought was going to change it up. Yeah. Because I had heard he like turns into a bunch of other shit. He's not just always the clown. Yeah. Which is true. He yeah. But, he but mostly he's the mostly clown. the clown again. He's mostly just Pennywise throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And I I <sighs> this Pennywise was hard for me because I was like, I don't know. It feels yeah. weird. Oh, I forget the – who do you remember the guy's name who played Pennywise? Uh, in the new one? Yeah. It's Bill Skarsgård or something like that? Skarsgård. Yeah. I was like, I want to see him play the Joker. Yeah. Like, that's all I could think through the whole movie is I want to see him play the Joker because his version of Pennywise, for the most part, would be a great Joker. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily the greatest Pennywise. So – as Pennywise, he was okay. Yeah. But I would love to see him do something else. Like if if they could like even just have him voice the Joker. Yeah. That'd be that'd be awesome. I would love to see that. Um, the rest of the movie, I really enjoyed the tone for the most part. Yeah. Um, it was still loaded down with horror movie jump scare bullshit. Like, oh the, my god, there was so much jump scare. The the horror in the movie was lazy as 
fuck. But the rest of the movie actually worked really well. Yeah. The stuff where it's just the kids, yeah. you know what I mean? All of that stuff worked great. Even though you didn't really get to know the kids individually all that well, um, I, I think the movie should have been longer. Again, that's that's just me. I think every movie should be longer, except the ones that shouldn't. <laughs> uh, but overall, it it reminded me more of um, Stand By Me yeah, a little bit, which is good. Um, I think that's that's what the tone of the movie should be for the most part until you mm-hmm. see Pennywise. And then I think the horror, when you see Pennywise, should be done better. Yes. And that brings me to how Pennywise is shown. And you'll hear me a lot talk about from book to movie. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't. I always compare how it was it in the original, how they do it here. Not only do I compare it against that, I compare it against itself. So I, it's not like, oh, the book's always going to be better. Right. See, okay, this is this is something we're just going to talk about this really quick. Yeah. This is something that drives me fucking crazy. Like, okay, the way you compare a, a movie to the book is yeah. fine, but you always get those people who are like, well, this in the book and that in the book, and that's all they care about is like what the book did, and they don't actually yeah. look at the merits of the movie itself because there are some movies like The Shining, yep. right? You can't compare that to the book. It's nothing like the book, but that doesn't make it a bad movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. It, you just can't compare it to the book. You always have to keep that kind of shit in mind, and that's why yeah. I always look at the movie for what it is regardless of the source material. Yeah. Hey, God damn it! The translation of it is garbage because we don't have the <laughs> child orgy scene <laughs> yeah, at the end. Right, of it. this movie really needed the fucking bizarre <laughs> child orgy. The book didn't even need that. No, it didn't. <laughs> anyway, uh, go ahead. Stephen King still defends it. Yeah. Anyway, but, go ahead. Uh, yeah, from the book to the movie, this this adaptation. Keeping of, in mind, of course, yeah. this is only one part of the book. Right? Yes, they're, they're gonna make others. Yes. They are going to make when they're older. Yeah. As the second part. Yep. I hope they stop there. This doesn't I need to be hope. a trilogy. No. Just stop after no. the second one. No. But Pennywise, for a horror villain, he was all right in the movie as, you know, being a straight horror character because that's what they were going for in the movie. <sighs> Even though I did like it, it felt like it was lacking in fun, and that's what you get from yep. Tim Curry. Tim Curry is enjoying the shit out of himself oh, yeah, he did in, in the miniseries. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck. And that's what was great about it. Like, I mean, that's why his performance is amazing to this day, because yep. he just looks like he's having so much fucking fun. And that I really feel like this movie was missing that. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the movie did some cool stuff with Pennywise. Oh, yeah. Like, I like the, the opening when you see, yeah. um, oh, what's his name? Georgie. The, Georgie. When you see him like rip Georgie's arm off, yeah. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like the the movie pushed the envelope anymore. You don't see violence against children in movies anymore, yeah. like ever, you know. And so it was it was good to see like a movie that kind of harkened back to '80s movies, yeah, where it was okay for for child characters to go through fucked up things. Yeah. Um, but but, but y- yeah. you know what I mean? Or it's like you look at '80s movies, especially um, Stephen King adaptations. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, like, murdering the shit out of children Stephen in those movies. Stephen King's obsessed with killing children in his books. And and somewhere along the line, it apparently became not okay to tell those kinds of stories with children yeah. anymore. And so it was it was nice to see, you know, yeah. sort of the, the, the kid gang back together again, you know, where it's yeah. like they're all on bikes and they're riding around the neighborhood and they're trying to, 
you know, fight a monster, and it was great. Like, I, yep. I miss that feeling, you know, like an R-rated fucking E.T. Yep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's alien. <laughs> but it was it was good to see that again. And kids who are just, like, cursing their asses off, you know, oh, yeah. like kids actually talk, by the way. Like, let's not yep. pretend that's not true. We all... We <laughs> love dropping the F bomb yep. when we were kids. When you're comparing book to screen when it comes to it, yeah. something that people need to keep in mind is it, the book, is pretty much unfilmable. Yeah, it's eleven thousand pages long. Or well, not, not even just its long. length. It's a, it's eleven hundred pages of digressions and flashbacks and everything's flashbacks told, in flashbacks. Flashbacks in flashbacks and it's told completely out of like it has oh, yeah. no structure whatsoever. No, it's pretty much we get one scene with them as children, one scene with them as adults. Yeah. And it just, and it just goes, goes back, back and, and forth. forth. And yeah, the, the book is all over the place. So again, it would be hard to compare any film version of it to the book. Yeah. Just because of how fucking just unstructured yeah. the book is. I mean, unless they made it into a TV series and literally used the book as the script. <laughs> oh my God. That would be awful, though. I would watch like, that, though. Would you? That it would, would be, be a nightmare hilarious. to watch. That would be uh, that, awful that to would watch be it just bouncing all over the place in time like that. That would be hilarious. Oh, my God. Okay, so uh, number 56. I haven't seen it. I don't know if you have, but I have seen the first one. Mm. Uh, John Wick 2. I have seen the second one. Okay. Uh, first of all, what are your thoughts on the first one? I hated it. All right. Should I elaborate on that? <laughs> Probably, because otherwise everybody's going to hate you. Okay. I don't understand the popularity of John Wick. Mm. Um, I think it's a pretty dumbed-down, lame version of that story. Yeah. Now, and when I say that story, I don't mean the John Wick story. I just I mean that kind of story. Like, we have much better versions of that story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, just, I mean, just look at The Man from Nowhere. That movie sure. is one of the best of its kind, right? And then, you know, in, especially, like, uh, in the, the sort of Asian region, whether it's uh, yeah. Japan or Korea, Korea um, they have a lot of those movies where, you know, um, special kung fu man, uh, you know, goes after big mob boss person oh, yeah. and kicks their ass. Or like, you there have are, mob bosses going after mob bosses. Yeah, and, I mean, there are fucking tons of those movies, yeah. and I feel like... John Wick is just a, and I don't want to say Americanized because the U.S. Yeah. has those movies too, and we have some good ones also. Oh, yeah. But I feel like John Wick is a culmination of all of those movies ever made, and you just pluck out the most standard, generic story elements uh, to tell a version of that story with wider appeal. Yeah, right. That's all it is. Is it's, it's just those stories smashed together with the weirdness and the, the grit stripped away from it, and you just make it more appealing to, like I said, a, a wide audience. Yeah. And even with that, I think the action was even done better in The Raid. Oh, for sure. The action in John Wick sucks. Like, yeah. when I when I um actually decided to watch John Wick, it was the... um. It was because of that one shot that everybody talks about when he's in the a club, I think it is. Yeah. And basically the camera's just following him around as he's, like, killing people. And he, like, you know, shoots a guy twice and then stops to reload in the middle and then shoots him again or, yep. or whatever. And it's, like, all one take. And I saw that and I was like, you know what? That seems pretty good. Like, 
I'm a sucker for a one take. Yeah. You know? Um, and so when I popped in the movie and it got to that scene in context, I was like, you know what? Not actually that good. Not a very good scene. Right. Um, and the movie overall, I was just like, literally straight up, he's killing an entire fucking mafia organization because somebody shot his puppy. Yep. Like, fucking really? Really? And that was supposed to be sort of like, I guess, the draw to his character. Or because it was like the well, big it was like the big thing. It's like this puppy meant so much to him, so right, he's gonna go like, murder people. Like because you would expect like, oh, one of them killed his wife and so yeah. now he goes crazy. But no, it was a puppy that his dead wife gave him and then somebody killed that because you know, that makes it so different and yeah. not at all the same generic story we've seen a fucking hundred times. Right. Told worse. Yeah. Right. And now John Wick 2, from what I can remember, because it's been so fucking long since I've seen it, because I've never wanted to when revisit did, it. When did it come out? Did it come out sort of more towards the beginning of the it year? It was like February or something. Okay. From what I can remember, he after he murders the Russian mob, essentially, he somehow ends up in Rome. I guess he got like burned or something by his agency. And he ends. he's trying to clear his name. He ends That's up in Rome. That's the other thing. Yeah. The agency with air quotes, seems so ham-fisted. It seemed like a way... It seemed like just something that they could give the audience for the audience to go, wow, that's cool. They did world building. No, yeah. they didn't. No. They just they they said he's part of an agency, and that's the extent of the world building. Pretty much. But everybody loves it. Like, I keep hearing people go, oh, I, I hope they do a movie about the agency, or I hope they explore the John Wick universe more. There is no universe. They literally just said he's part of an agency that kills people, and the hotel is a safe zone. Yeah. That's the extent of the John Wick universe. Anyway, and they sorry. use gold coins. Yes, and they use gold coins. Anyway, sorry, continue. For, I don't remember the reason why he, he was doing all of this, because at the end of it, it was like, you're now off the registries and anybody can take a hit out on you or whatever. Uh, good luck. And then he literally he literally jogs with that dog he got in the first one at the end. Yeah. He jogs off into the sunset with that. <laughs> and that's, that's the, that's end, the of end of the movie. Of the movie. <laughs> and it's just like, I think that was worse in some ways than the Marvel movies. Because it was oh, like, yeah, yeah. The if even if you just yeah. watch the first John Wick, you're like, it's following the Marvel formula. Yeah, the second one, it it had the problem of it had the sequel problem, where they they didn't know what to do. It was just a cash grab, pretty much. Yeah, they had a sequel problem, but the it was a cash grab. But you know, the people involved, mostly Keanu Reeves, actually cared, so it felt really disjointed in is this a cash grab or is this just something where it's just sort of there right like the the people who cared didn't manage to put it on the screen yeah right yeah um i mean i'll say after seeing the first one i had no interest in seeing the second one and i'll probably yeah. never and there's see a it third one coming yeah out. no trust me you're better off just stopping at the first one just, just go just, watch the man from nowhere. Go, yeah, go, go watch, watch the man from nowhere. Go watch the man from nowhere, and then with a straight face, tell me John Wick is a good movie. Yeah. All right. So number forty-two. Oh boy, jumping down the list. Yep. The Red Turtle. 
which I have not seen. Um, so I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but I saw the trailer for it, and it looks kind of beautiful. It's animated. All right. So I just wanted to mention that, that it, it is number 42 with a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not bad. Uh, animated film, Japanese, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I will be checking that out soon. Okay, so jumping up the list now, because there's literally nothing in between these two that I recognize, we're going to go to uh, number 27, which is Blade Runner 2049. So Blade Runner 2049. Now, I'm going to say right now, this is one of the reasons that I wanted to read this list because this pisses me off. All right. Why is Blade Runner number 27? That is a good question. Um, Blade Runner is one of the best movies to have come out this year. Yep. Uh, arguably the best. Arguably. And and so I thought we could talk a little bit about Blade Runner, not just what it's about, mm-hmm. but also why the fuck nobody went to see it. I think, did we talk, we touched on this last week too. A little bit. So I, I don't want to get too much into it and, and turn it into a bitch fest again, but... Um. Yeah. So, Blade Runner is a twenty forty nine was a great movie. I like yep. it better than the original Blade Runner. And and when I heard it was coming out, when I heard it was being directed by Denis Villeneuve, I was like, okay, we may actually have like a big budget studio film with a um a cult audience mm-hmm. that's going to be good, right? And I was right. That's exactly what it was. The problem was the cult audience was nowhere to fucking be seen. Nobody went to see the goddamn movie. And it pisses me the fuck off to no end. Everybody just went to see whatever Marvel movie was out at the same time uh, Blade Runner was I out. I think that was Justice League, maybe? Or well, was that just that would have been DC. Um, no, Blade Runner came out I long can't. before Thor. Oh, my God, fucking cat. Get off the table. Yeah, I don't remember what movie was out competing against it, but everybody just flocked to whichever Disney movie it was. You know what was a Disney movie. Of course. Um, And people just ignored this one. And that is really sad and depressing to me because everybody who saw it loved it. Oh, yeah. It's just nobody saw it, (laughs) which makes me feel like, one, we're not going to get another Blade Runner, which... Uh, not not, not necessarily a bad thing because, like we've said before, like sequel after sequel after sequel is not a good thing. Yeah. Um. And to be fair, had you told me uh, that there was gonna be a sequel to Blade Runner, uh, and it was just being directed by some dude, I would have been like, "Why the fuck does Blade Runner need a sequel?" But because it was directed by Denis Villeneuve, uh, I gave it a chance, yeah. and I'm I'm glad I did because it's a great movie. Yeah, do you, do you think that's what it was? People were just like, why the fuck is there a sequel to Blade Runner? And then just didn't go see it? I, from what I know, everybody that knew of the movie was like, holy shit, this looks really good. And then for whatever reason, never went to saw it. <laughs> you never people, went to saw it? Never went to see it. And so only, you know, a few people saw it and, you know, loved it. But from what I saw... Most people didn't even know it existed. Like, uh, yeah, just, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I had to fight tooth and nail to get my boyfriend to see Blade Runner. Yeah. You know, um, he w- he went out to the movies with his friends, and I was like, oh, what are you seeing? He's like, Kingsman 2. And uh, I'm like, motherfucker! 
motherfucker, why? <laughs> Go watch Blade Runner, please. And I finally got him to see it, like, right before it was leaving theaters. Nice. And he, he liked it a lot. Uh, we had a great conversation about it. And that's the thing is, like, everybody who sees it always loves it and has a lot to say about it. Mm. But again, nobody went to see it, you stupid motherfuckers. I swear to God. Blade Runner is great, or Blade Runner 2049 is great. Please go watch it. Yes. If you didn't see it in theaters, buy sake. that shit on Blu-ray and watch it. Yes. Give them your money. Yes, please. Don't incentivize studios not to make more movies like this. Exactly. Especially for how much they spent on practical effects. Yes. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, most of the movie is practical effects. Even, like, yep. the huge cityscape and everything it, it was all miniatures and yeah like like it, and by not buying that movie or having seen that movie in theaters you're, you're you're telling the studios that you don't want movies that give that much of a shit yeah. right you're telling the studio or, or basically how the studio sees it is oh the audience doesn't want practical effects and it costs us a lot of money and it costs a lot of money and it's dangerous yep. the audience uh clearly doesn't want slow burn sci-fi films yep uh the audience clearly doesn't like this dark tone yep you know uh you, that's what the studio is seeing or, or is getting from you not seeing the movie right yep. if they don't see any money from that movie they're not going to take a and i'm not even talking about like us another sequel to blade runner i'm talking any other movie even remotely like blade runner the studio is going to look at as uh, a risk now because Blade Runner 2049 didn't make money. Yeah. It has officially flopped yeah. as a film. It did. And that's that's really depressing to me. Number 23 with uh 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh Another one that you're going to have to tell me about is Disaster Artist. All right. Disaster Artist. Well, okay, should we should we talk about The Room briefly? Yes, yes we should. Okay. So, The Room uh, yep. Is not on this list. <laughs> no, because it came out in 2003. Uh, it's not on this list for other reasons as well, namely that it is widely considered one of the worst movies ever made, which is not true. No. The movie is awful. Like, it is fucking mind-bogglingly bad. I'm not trying to say otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good movie in any way. It fucking sucks. But there are worse movies. Oh, yeah, by there, far. There are way worse movies. Go watch Troll 2 and tell me that's not worse than The Room. I swear to God. But no, The Room is legendarily awful. It's hilariously bad, and it is a cult favorite because of that. People love that movie because of how bad it is. Yeah, it's one of the best, worst movies of, of all time. Yeah. And Tommy Wiseau is a legend. <laughs> he, Try he, saying that with he's a straight He's a face. living meme. Um, and people love him because he gives no fucks and he's just a crazy asshole. Yeah. Um, and so he made this movie. He, he directed it, starred in it, wrote it, produced, produced it, it himself, edited it. Edited I it. Yeah, I believe he edited um, it. And so he made this movie all himself with one of his friends who played his friend in the movie. Yep. And, it, yeah, it has since become one of the most famous bad movies ever. Yep. Now, the disaster artist comes along and basically tells the story behind the scenes. Yeah, it's a book. It, well, the, the disaster artist was a book written by, uh, what's his name? Greg Sestero. Who what, who played his friend in the movie. Yep. And uh, so now this movie is is made based on it. It is not a yep. documentary. It is a, a narrative. Written um, and, uh, 
well, written, it's directed and stars James Franco. James Franco, yeah. Who plays Tommy Wiseau. Yep. His brother plays Greg Sestero. Yeah. Which is weird given the sort of oddly, like, homoerotic relationship between those two characters. Yeah. But, uh, so anyway, why don't you tell me about The Disaster Artist? So, The Disaster Artist, it's essentially a docudrama about the making of The Room, you want to go with that it's based on well the book. I, would, I would say it's more a dramedy yeah like, there's, dramedy, there's a yeah. lot of comedy oh there. yeah there is but essentially tells the story of how greg met tommy and how tommy coaxed greg sestero into moving out of his parents house into an apartment with him in la they get rejected by every studio in hollywood and they finally decide fuck it let's make our own movie yeah pretty much and it's it's about the the clusterfuck of a production, yeah, and and all the you know the crazy batshit things that Tommy Wiseau demanded of everybody. Yeah, well, the movie didn't focus so much on that. There well, were, it was a it, big part of it, but it was again, mostly I, about the. I haven't seen it, yeah. but I do know that the yeah. movie cuts out a lot of Tommy Wiseau's more fucked up moments. Yeah, it's more about his, I would even say, abusive relationship with Greg. Where they were best buddies, then Greg gets to Hollywood and he has like a small part in something and he starts meeting people and he gets a girlfriend. Yeah. And Tommy starts feeling really jealous of him. Yeah, well, the the movie is primarily about the relationship between those two, right? Yeah. Not necessarily entirely the making of the movie no. or um, Tommy Wiseau's sort of treatment of the cast and crew. It was, it was about the relationship. Yeah, and so it sort of goes through the first few days of production, then it jumps to somewhere in the middle of production. Like, I think the whole shoot was supposed to take, like, 40 days or something like that. Yeah, and it, it went, like, a lot and, longer, right? Yeah, and so it jumped from, you know, the first few days of production to the middle of production to the end of production and then to the premiere of the film. Now, again, having not seen it, I've heard some mixed reviews. All right. Um, some people saying that it is, um, it's not entirely accurate. That the relate that the, the relationship between Tommy and Greg. Yes. Okay. They weren't really so much friends uh, as the movie would have you believe. I I don't know off the top of my head because I haven't really read into their you know what they were like in real life. Okay. But I would hazard a guess that that's probably true. Um, and I've I've also heard reviews of people basically saying that the movie doesn't really have much focus, and mm. it doesn't really know what tone it wants to take on. Tone-wise, it does sort of jump between being serious and being lighthearted. Even in the same scene, sometimes it can't decide because it'll go from Tommy doing something fucked up to trying to get you to laugh about it. And and I've also heard that while James Franco's performance is good, mm -hmm. uh, it kind of comes off as like James Franco just wanted to play Tommy Wiseau because that's the end of the movie and that's one of the um the the trailers that they put out was yeah. the side-by-side -side comparison yeah. that they do. And it's like that's that's cool and all, but I'm not really interested in how well you can recreate a movie that already exists. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and let's be honest, even if his performance is great, James Franco looks like James Franco in a wig. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like they literally just slapped a black wig on James Franco. Yeah, that when I first saw the trailer for that, it was telling me, oh, it's about the room. And then I saw James Franco in a wig and I'm like, 
who's this character? I don't remember <laughs> him in the room. And then it's like, oh, he's supposed to be Tommy Wiseau. And and from what I've seen in the trailer, like his yeah. performance is good. Like the good. voice is like spot on. Yeah, he nailed Tommy Wiseau's voice. Yeah, and I I do want to see it. Uh, yeah. I really do, but I don't know how how well I'm gonna like it. Um, given yeah. some things that I've heard, but you enjoyed it, right? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. Coming in at number twenty one with a ninety one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I I haven't seen it, and I don't know if you've seen it, but Lego Batman. I have not seen it. Okay. No thoughts on it, like uh, from the trailer or anything. From the trailers, it looks stupid. Honestly, yeah, it looks I, like just a generic children's movie. I know everybody loved the first Lego movie. Yeah. I didn't even see it. I uh, gave literally no yeah. fucks. I saw it. It was generic. It was boring, and uh, I don't understand why it got the Batman sequel because Batman was. Mm. In the original Lego movie, Batman was the most grating, intrusive character there was, and I fucking hated him. Mm. In in the original In the original movie. one. And he just looks like he's amped up the stupid in this one. Mm. Okay, so All right. number 20 with 93%. Tell me about The Shape of Water. I have not seen it. Oh, you haven't? I thought you nope. did. No, I told... I was just... Um, I was saying that... Well, I thought that, we had talked about uh, it earlier. Okay. My bad. I, I want to see we, it. Yeah, we talked about uh, its theater, its weird theater release. Yeah, no, I thought but... we talked about it before, but whatever. No. Oh. Uh, I want to see it. Um, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. I almost said Antonio Banderas. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a movie I would directed watch. Directed by Antonio Banderas. No, <laughs> um, Guillermo del Toro. I have a not so great history with his movies. Yeah. I can't think of a single one. That I actually like. Um, everybody loves uh, Pan's Labyrinth. I watched it and I was just sort of more frustrated than anything else. Where yeah. it's like it feels like all this shit just goes nowhere. I was way more interested in the the war aspect of it yeah. than I was the fucking weird fantasy shit. Oh, like yeah. the fantasy the, the fantasy shit looked cool. Don't get me wrong. Like uh, the the guy with the hand eyes yep. was. Freaking a really cool visual, but none of that stuff played into the story in any meaningful way. And then don't even get me started on the ending. Yeah. Um. So it's basically, she dies, but she was right all along the end. Yeah. Something like that. Pretty much. Um. And so I I don't like um Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Uh, um. Did I, you ever watch Hellblade? No. I I never was drawn to Hellblade. It, so or Hellblade. Hellblade. Hell, Hellboy. Hellboy. Hellblade's a good game. Hellblade. No, I was <laughs> never really drawn to Hell Hellboy. It's and I, pretty I, mediocre. I was thinking about Blade because he did Blade Two. Oh, also, right, he which, did. Yeah, um, <laughs> which I did see and was not particularly impressed. Yeah. Um, despite everybody hyping it up. Yeah. Uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah. Is shit. It's garbage. It, it was, it has some int- it has like a few interesting tidbits yeah. in it that you don't usually see in big studio films. I'll yeah. give it that, but overall, it's just more big monsters fighting big monsters. Like, yeah. I mean, that's I yeah. Mean, How many more times can we see that and just accept it without a story behind it? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like if you if you want to make a kaiju movie, you know, fighting big ass mechs that people are controlling. Fine. Yeah. 
But you can't just rely on that and be like, oh, people are going to see it because it's big CG bullshit and people like big CG bullshit. Except our big CG bullshit is like all neon, so mm. it looks cool. And I think that movie, for me, reinforces why I think really only the Japanese have been able to do kaiju, kaiju movies and mech movies, mech, you know, anime movies, whatever, well. See, I, I don't like the whole kaiju thing. Yeah. But here's the thing is it's it's a it's a very cultural thing, right? Yeah. That kind of shit's big in Japan. And so it's not something that can really just be just Americanized. Yeah. Right. If you Americanize it. 98 Godzilla. 2014 Godzilla. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, I would argue that that's not a kaiju movie. But again, again different conversation. whole other conversation. Um, it, if you Americanize it, you Americanize it. Yeah. You, you strip out what makes it a popular genre in Japan because – that shit wouldn't fly here, right? Yep. It's it's two different cultures that enjoy two different kinds of stories. So when you try to port it over, you need to commit, yeah. right? Uh, you can't do this weird half and half where it's yeah. like we're trying to be sort of Japan-y, but we're trying <laughs> Japan. to we're trying to make it American-y. Yeah. And yeah, yeah it, I was yeah I was gonna bring that up that Pacific Rim really felt like oh. You know, we understand that if we lose that, we're losing the impact with it. But because it's an American movie, it's got to have the American audiences. So they weirdly tried to smash the two together and make them. Yeah, and fit. it's like you need to commit to one or the other. You yeah. know. Um, and, and then, god damn it, what was the other fucking one about Crimson Peak? Yeah, Crimson Peak was just. No. That was garbage. That was crap. Um, it was a lame attempt to do a gothic, a gothic horror. So, I am not a fan of Del Toro, if you have not noticed. You know, by a rant. But, Shape of Water looks like it could be good. Yeah. But but I'm I'm holding back my expectations. Yeah. Um, weirdly, the Shape of Water looks weirdly French to me. It does. Like it. It. While I was watching the trailer, I kept being reminded of Amelie, because it's got right, it's got right, a right. very similar sort of green tinge to the whole movie. Yeah. And the 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 weird romance. You know, you have a main character who's deaf who falls in love with a fish man. Like that sounds very French to me. <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? Um. So I have. Hope I'm hoping that Del Toro manages to make a movie that I actually like for once. Yeah, though I like ha I never yeah. hope a movie is bad. Yeah. You know, I do have my reservations because you mentioned you know you mentioned he it looks French. Yeah. Well, he tried doing you know the Mexican films with like Chronos and That's Backbone. That's true. Yeah. He then tried to do the Spanish films with Pan's Labyrinth. Yep. He tried to do the American films with Hellboy. And he tried to do the Japanese films with Pacific Rim. Yeah, he is sort of all over the place, isn't he? Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe this will be the one that lands. Maybe. We'll have to see. We'll update you when yeah. it does, I guess. So, number 12 with a 92% uh -huh. is Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, boy. <laughs> you. I mean, you saw it, right? Yeah, I saw okay. it. 
Um, I don't want to get too much into it because we're just going to end up bitching about Marvel movies again. But yep. what I will say is it had some elements that I felt should have raised it above Marvel movies a little yeah. bit. And that's why it was frustrating because in the end it was just another Marvel movie. Because um, there was some cool shit in there. Like I, I liked the... I liked the suit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't like that the suit exists, but given that it does, um, I liked it. I liked yeah. the voice. But the fact that Tony Stark made his suit is just retarded to me. And that Tony Stark was basically a crutch through the entire film. Yeah. Well, okay. So here, here's what I'm going to say, because yeah. this is a really good movie to discuss this problem with Marvel films. Yeah. You do realize that Marvel has turned every superhero into the same superhero. Oh, yeah. And Iron Man and Spider-Man in Spider-Man Homecoming is the perfect example, is that what the fuck are Peter Parker's powers without the suit? He's super strong. Yep. He's and indestructible. super reflexes, I guess. Well, he's super strong and he's indestructible. I mean, he doesn't really have super reflexes because he no. doesn't have the spidey sense he that's built into the yeah. suit. No, that's right, because so, they show that it starts in... Because the new Avengers film, that's where they're showing he gets the spider sense. So, in Spider-Man Homecoming, yeah. Peter Parker's powers are that he's super strong and that he's indestructible. Yeah. Right? How is that Spider-Man? Like, okay... Well, I like, guess I mean, he can... No, wait. Was it the suit that allowed him to climb buildings? Yes! This one? It was the suit that made him Fuck. stick to walls. It was the suit that gave him the spider webs. Don't it was the suit that gave him the spidey sense. So what's the point of being what bitten the by a spider? What the point of being Spider-Man if it's all based on a suit that Tony Stark made? Tony Stark could be Spider-Man. Like, <laughs> and not to mention the problem of, like... Tony Stark building all of that shit into fabric. Like, oh, can yeah. we please stop with the Marvel technology? It's gotten out of hand. Like, it's become just magic, literally. Yeah. Like, everything Tony Stark builds now is literally magic at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's something... That's why, you know, Sam Raimi's was so different as a superhero and infinitely better to separate him from the rest. He gets the innate ability to climb on walls and shoot webs out of his arms and stuff like that. Yeah, and it was it was great watching him like fail and learn. Yeah, you know all all that stuff was really fun. And this movie has a little bit of that, like when he activates mm. the suit's full potential or whatever the fuck, and yeah. he it's going... he gets trapped in the facility. See, okay, yes, when he gets trapped in the facility, I was like, this is the best scene in the movie. And then it just ends in like five minutes where it's like, really, you couldn't even fucking pause the goddamn movie for 10 minutes to have like this character scene between Spider-Man and the suit, you know, where where Parker starts realizing some of his flaws, some of the shit that he's doing wrong. Nah, just moving on. Uh, Also, this top secret high, you know, uh, uh, um, um. Oh, high security facility and there's not one guard in this fucking place he's just all alone and right. then he has no trouble leaving either like uh, just i mean i could talk for, and i have talked for yeah. 2 hours about <laughs> why this movie is so 
fucking irritating. Yeah. And the reason it irritates me more than other Marvel movies is because it has those little moments where I'm like, I, I can see something more trying to happen in this movie. It just Unlike never Guardians of the Galaxy. Too. Yeah. It it just never gets there. And that's really frustrating. You know, it yeah, you just you turn Spider Man into a, another fucking generic run of the mill superhero like yeah. you've done to all the others. Oh, he's basically Captain America. I mean yeah. that is literally his power set. It's yeah, Captain if America's. you take the suit away, he's Captain America. Yeah. yeah. You're right. <sighs> all right. So uh number eleven. Uh, is War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, boy. Have, have you seen it? I have not seen it yet. Okay. Have you seen the previous two? Yes. Okay. Um, War for the Planet of the Apes is good, um, but the second one is definitely the best one. Yeah. The second one stands way above as, like, there's some really good character shit going on in that movie and some really good politics going on. Now... At, at the end of the second one, it still devolves into, like, we have to have an action scene to close the movie out. No, you don't. Anyway. That's another conversation. The third one is better than the first one, yeah. but not as good as the second one. Um, Oh, fuck. What's his name? Um, Still no James Franco, though. Yeah, no. Still no <laughs> James Franco. Um, I think they just explained him off as he died. No, yeah, you're you're left to just assume that he yeah. he died to the virus. Yeah, uh, in the second one. Um, so in the third one, the villain is played by um, what's his name? Uh, shit. Um, he was in. Is uh, that Woody Harrelson? Yeah, Woody that? Harrelson. Thank you. All right. Um, the villain's played by Woody Harrelson, and he's decent. Yeah. He's not great. Um. All right. He's he's good enough. His character doesn't really seem to have much purpose. He's basically like a white supremacist, but he's racist against monkeys. He's speciesist. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 a he's a he, well, I guess he would be a human supremacist. A human supremacist. <laughs> um so I mean, you got that which is I mean, okay, I guess, you know. Um I don't know. I felt like it was a weird direction for the the story to go where it's like this was not what was interesting about the second movie, mm. right? I, I feel like what the filmmakers thought they were doing was they were taking the premise of the second movie and the tension between the humans and the apes, and they were taking it to its logical conclusion. But I don't think they did. Its logical conclusion would be, um, you know, peace, trying to make peace, yeah. right? Not let's make weird Nazi death camp, but with monkeys, <laughs> you know? Um, Wait, did the humans make the death camps? Or yeah, the, the, the no, the humans basically made Auschwitz. Oh. All right. Um, the only way that I I really think that I guess if you want to complete the series to its logical conclusion is end the movie with it being Planet of the Apes, which I guess that they could still do. But yeah. okay, again, spoilers. Do you care if I spoil this? No, I do not. Okay. My brother's already told me it, so. Okay, so <laughs> at the end of the movie, the main character, um, oh, what's his name? The main monkey? Caesar. Caesar. Um, dies. Yeah. So, I feel like it would be really odd to make another movie, mm -hmm. because it's like, it 
functions as sort of this trilogy about Caesar's, you know, birth and death. Yeah. Just stop it there. Um, but then, of course, you don't get to the 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 Planet, the planet of, the of the Apes. So, I don't know. I feel like it was it was weird. And Caesar's death wasn't earned either. Yeah. Uh, I felt like I should be sad, but I just wasn't. I was just more like, really, we're doing this? Okay. Yeah. The one the one thing I you know I heard from like the trailers and stuff like that was it 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 was war for the planet of the apes you know the finale in the trilogy this is where it should become planet of the apes at the end that's how it it should yeah, have ended yeah you would you would think um I I wish they had just gone in the complete opposite direction though mm. and at the end of this movie you see the beginnings of the peace process between the humans and the apes right. I would have been happy with that because you don't need to make it to Planet of the Apes yeah. if you decide to go in your own direction and yeah. and you you commit to that. Yeah. But this the, this was more like they were just ignoring Planet of the Apes, right? There, I I feel like there's a difference there. Where yeah. it's like you can commit to your own direction or you can just leave people hanging feeling like you're trying to get to Planet of the Apes. And that's that's what uh the end of war for the planet of the apes felt like to me yeah and for me you know why i thought it was it should always you know this should have been like it ends at planet of the apes because you know this is the end of the trilogy and, and you know it's sort of war it's the deciding factor was the movies always sort of felt like they dealt themselves as a prequel to the original film like that's what it yeah always oh felt that, like. that's definitely what the first one felt like especially yeah, yeah. Now, some, something else I will say about War for the Planet of the Apes that I thought was interesting is there's about probably like a half-hour chunk of the movie where there's no dialogue. Really? Yeah. And it was probably my favorite part of the movie. It it felt like Logan, almost, mm. um, where it was just sort of gritty and depressing, and Caesar was just pissed and miserable. Um and there's yeah, there's a whole section where there's no dialogue because the the apes aren't really talking to each other. They use sign language, mm -hmm. and they find a mute girl. And people being mute becomes a uh, a plot point. Yeah. But um, for now, they find this mute girl, so they can't talk to her. She can't talk to them. Yeah. And so there's this big chunk of the movie that's just silent. And it was great, you know. I wish that they had taken that further. It's like yeah. um, the beginning of the third Riddick movie, yeah. where it's like the, the beginning of it is just all silent and him alone. If that had been the entire movie, I would have been <laughs> so happy. I can't even tell yeah. you how happy that would have made me. But yeah, in, in this, that was my favorite chunk of the movie, yeah. and then it sort of devolves into like the weird humanist Auschwitz-type <laughs> Thing and I was like, "All right, I guess this is where we're going with this." Okay. So what 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 was the plot point for the mute girl? Um, it's basically a part of the virus. It makes people mute first. Yeah. See, and that's that's where uh, you know that explains why people aren't talking in the original Planet of the Apes. Why they're all mute. I don't know I if guess. they did that on purpose, but I know yeah. I don't think they did it on purpose, but it. It feels like that. Again, that's one of those things where it's like you either need to fully commit to your own direction or you need to actually make it to the Planet of the Apes. Because yeah. right now they're in this weird area where 
it feels like they want to go their own direction, but they're still like dangling Planet of the Apes in front of the audience. Like, we're going to get there eventually. I mean, yeah. Are you? Are you really? All right. So at number 10, we're coming down to the top 10. Oh, boy. Number 10 is Thor Ragnarok. Oh, boy. So this, again, this top 10 is really where it just gets on my fucking nerves. <laughs> And we're going to try to fire through a lot of these. Yeah. Um. So, so number 10 with yeah. 92% is Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, pretty much. I I think I've said some of my thoughts on it earlier in that it really is kind of weird. And for some, you know, for a brief scene, you have Sam Neill and Matt Damon show up in the same scene. Right, yeah, you did tell me about that. Yeah. And it honestly felt, you know, it was it was obviously studio directed, but it felt like the director Taika Waititi actually had some say in the directing. Mm-hmm. And he chose that say just to be a big stab at Disney. Well, uh what what I know and what we've talked about is uh yeah. Chris Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. The reason Thor Ragnarok is the way it is, and the reason why it's like more funny than the other Thor movies, is because apparently Chris Hemsworth 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 yeah Chris Hemsworth listens to one of Kevin Smith's podcasts and heard Kevin Smith talk about how the Thor movies are taking themselves too seriously or something along those lines. And so Chris Hemsworth was like, you know what? You're right, Kevin Smith. (laughs) And basically made Thor Ragnarok for Kevin Smith in a way. Yeah. And when Kevin Smith heard that, his mind was just like blown. Like, what the fuck? Why? But so, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was just really weird and interesting. That that's the reason this movie took on a different tone. Yeah. And talking about the Thor movies alone, it's better than both Thor movies by a long shot. Mm. It's actually better than most Marvel movies, mm-hmm. but it's still a Marvel movie, and it's still shit. Do you remember that the the video, the Thor video that came out on YouTube a while ago, where right, he was just right, living right. with some dude who works in an office? Can we have yep. that movie, please, where Thor doesn't fight anybody? It's just Thor trying to live in like an apartment with with a roommate. A Thor sitcom? Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. That would be way better than any of the Marvel movies if we could just have that movie. Uh, All right. So number nine with 97% is the new Pixar movie, Coco. Have not seen it. Neither have I, but I would like to. Yes. It looks interesting. It does. It looks like. Pixar actually picked their nuts up off the ground and made yeah, right? it, a good movie. It looks like Pixar sort of uh like took a breath yeah. and and you know went back to yeah. their their golden age. And I can't say that for sure cuz again, yeah. I haven't seen it, but it looks definitely like a cut above what was the fucking dinosaur movie good dinosaur. the good dinosaur where they tripped on shrooms or whatever yeah that. okay so that you, was the only redeeming scene in that movie you have brave which yep. was um was, was that pixar yes that see that's the thing god that felt like it was a disney original disney or dreamworks because to or me it felt DreamWorks. like dreamworks yeah it it to me in a weird way to me it felt like Pixar trying to be DreamWorks and then you have the good dinosaur which is just weird 
and, and then you had Cars well, oh, three. Well, Cars two and yeah. three, um, which I I haven't seen Cars. I haven't seen either one of those. Really? No. Okay, basically um, all you need to know is Cars 3 is pretty much Cars 1. Okay. Uh, but shit. So you, you have, like, that section of, of movies where it's just like, really, Pixar? Yeah. Really? You fucking made Ratatouille and, um, oh, shit, what's the one with the little robot? The little robot? Wally. Wally, yeah. You fucking made Ratatouille and Wally, and now you're giving me the good dinosaur. So and we're getting a sequel to The Incredibles, which I have hope for, but, but think very like guarded hope. Yeah, I think it's like what is it? Fourteen years too late yeah. now. Oh, it's definitely it's too late. Yeah, but I I still have guarded hope. Anyway, yeah. Coco looks good. I'm yeah. I'm anxious to see it. Yeah, I hope it's good. My only reservation is about it is seeing it in theaters while it's in theaters because of the twenty minute. The short frozen film. short in front of it about that fucking snowman that doesn't yeah. matter. All right. So I'll wait for it to be in Redbox and rent it for a dollar. Number eight with 93% Baby Driver. Right. You can talk about that one. I don't have much to say except I think I loathed this movie. Mm. Um, You liked it. Or you said it was okay. At I least. said it was okay. <laughs> I hated the movie. Like the longer it went on, the more I wanted to fucking punch the main character in his goddamn face. I fucking hated him. Yeah. Um, I hated everybody. Like there wasn't a likable character in the movie. And I had heard, and the reason that mm-hmm. I wanted to see it is like, oh, the the whole mo- it's it's supposed to be like a kinetic movie. It's yeah. kinetic action. People kept throwing the word kinetic around yeah. when now they were talking it, about. Yeah, keep in mind, I had never heard about this until you brought it up. Okay. So I so, didn't know, and, well, I, it, it's and in, I still thought it was okay. Th- the director was talking about this. Like, this, mm. this isn't just some bullshit that yeah. people pull out of their asses. Like, the director was like, no, I wanted to take, like, a more kinetic well, approach to, like, yeah, car never, movies. Yeah. And so it's like all of the action is supposed to be driven by the music that the main character is listening yeah. to. And while I'm watching the movie, I kept fucking waiting for that to happen. Yeah, I never saw any of the interviews with uh, with the director. So, whose name I'm blanking? So, God but damn it. but this huge, right. the, the huge yeah. thing about the movie, the movie's gimmick, didn't even show up in the movie, as far as I was concerned. Uh, and when you actually just look at the movie for what it is, it's a subpar drive, like really yeah. subpar, like so subpar it feels like uh, an asylum film. I don't know that I would call it an asylum The film. asylum version of Drive. But basically, I hated all of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Spacey, like, all of that shit mm-hmm. aside, um, he shows up in movies from time to time where I'm like, you're just not good in this movie. Like, yeah. I love Kevin Spacey as an actor, but there are some movies where he's just not trying, and Drive is one of them. Yeah. Dri- uh, Baby Driver? Or, I'm sorry, Baby Driver, not yeah. Drive. Yeah, Drive was actually good. Drive is a good movie. And doesn't yeah. have Kevin Spacey in it. Yeah. But Baby Driver, for me, I had to deal with sitting in the theater with everybody around me being like, oh, fuck, yeah, you know, this is the best movie ever. And it, I was just felt, sitting there like, this is mediocre. It felt a lot like but, Guardians of the Galaxy in a way, just sort of um, 
yeah. leaning on its music more so than its own merits. <laughs> Which the music really... The music in Baby Driver is all over the place yeah. in terms of like genre, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like it's all yeah. over the place in terms of both genre and time, like release date. Yeah. Which again isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just it doesn't feel like it has any flow from from one to the next. It's just right. random whatever random song the editor felt like using is basically what it felt like to me. Yeah. And that that's something that I wanna say I'm very disappointed with in an Edgar Wright film. Yeah, that's right. It, it's Edgar Wright, yep. who I have kind of a love-hate relationship with. Um, I love Shaun of the Dead. Yep. Um, I like uh, uh, Hot Fuzz. I have issues with Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, oh, shit, what was it? Into the World? or uh, at, at World's End. Or not At World's End. That was a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. <laughs> World's End was good approaching mediocre. Yeah. Right. Uh, what uh, did you ever see his alien film? Whatever that was, Paul or whatever? He didn't do Paul. It wasn't him? No. He did Paul. See, he was supposed to do Paul. Oh. Right. See, that was supposed okay. to be. That's where I'm confused. See, um, uh, Simon Pegg and yeah, Nick, Nick Frost. Frost. That was supposed to be. Paul was supposed to be their third. Um, uh, movie with Edgar Wright, but yeah. Edgar Wright was directing something else at the time. I don't remember what, and couldn't do it. So they did Paul with a different director, and then they got back together for World's End. Okay, okay. Paul is great, by the way. Yeah. That that confusion cleared. Um. So yeah, really disappointed with Baby Driver. I didn't have like particularly high hopes for it, and I was still really disappointed by it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I'm probably more forgiving. Of it because I enjoy B movies or bad movies, but in it's a not sense that, really though. Like it's yeah. not like a fun B movie though. Well, B movies and bad movies in the sense that I can go in and watch them and not violently hate them as much as you may. See, I I I will say that a lot of the time I do sort of I have a much stronger reaction to to bad movies, yeah. but really. Or what it actually is is I have a strong reaction to movies, especially studio films, mm-hmm. where you can tell just nobody fucking tried, or that just completely fail. Oh yeah, right. And Baby Driver felt like nobody fucking tried. Yeah, and that's sad because Edgar Wright seems like somebody who gives a shit, mm-hmm. but the Baby Driver just came off like nobody fucking cared. Yeah. Anyway, uh, number seven with ninety two percent is Last Jedi. I think we've covered that Yeah, enough. we've covered that one. Number six at 93% is Logan. Right. Decent. I, like, I don't have a lot to say about it. It's decent. It's not as yeah. good as it should have been. They slipped back into the the superhero-type bullshit yep. too much. Yep. Um, uh, I, definitely, I definitely felt that one of the big problems was that they front-loaded the movie with Look, I'm an R-rated movie. Yeah, that's true. They did. Um, you know, let's yeah. make let, let's, he swears let's make a Wolverine say of, fuck a lot. Yeah, there's and, a lot of yeah. gore. There's titties. You know. Yeah. So. Um. But good movie, yeah. not as good as it should have been, and not as good as what I think everybody felt that it was. Yeah. Because you you can easily see the much greater potential in it. 
Um, number five with 99% is a movie called Lady Bird. I don't know what that is. I will I look it up later, no though. Clue. Number four with 92% is Wonder Woman. Now, I would agree that Wonder Woman should be on this list. Wonder yeah. Woman was a good movie up until the last 20, 30 minutes. Where she fought Ares? Yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to get in. Like, this is like a, an entire podcast on its own, oh, how you, I think Wonder Woman should have gone done. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, my my thoughts on it are up on YouTube right Yeah, now. you talked for two hours about it. Over two hours. Over two hours about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But basically... Without getting too much into it, we really shouldn't have had Ares in it at all. The movie yeah. should have been about Wonder Woman learning that humanity is fundamentally flawed and that it doesn't take a god to turn us against each other. Yeah. Right? That should have been the moral of the movie. It should have been what Wonder Woman yeah. learned. Which it was leading us until the last yeah, 20 it, minutes. Yeah, it looked like that was where they were going, and then the last 20 minutes happens, and they have like, to have the big oh, wait, fucking blue no. laser in the yeah. sky, and they have to fight a fucking... The god. <laughs> they, they the British to, dude. They, they have to fight a teetotaling god with, like, the weird, like, British mustache under the head, like, the, the fucking death metal helmet. Yeah. Um... But the movie overall is good, and it was yeah. definitely among the best of the modern superhero movies. Yeah. Uh, some of there were there weren't many moments, but just a few I noticed. There was some bad CG, you know, before the fight. Oh, there was the uh, some bad yes. compositing. The CG during the fight, though, is absolutely awful. That is the yeah. definition of CG vomit. Like that was something I watched it and. I couldn't even tell what was happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's all over the place. Um, and, and and it's completely inconsistent in terms of quality. Like sometimes an effect will look pretty decent, yeah. and then other times the same effect will look like ass. Yeah. Like sometimes fire looks good, and sometimes it looks like a game from twenty years ago. Okay, not twenty years ago, 20. but you get you get my point, right? Uh. Sometimes yeah. it looks good. Sometimes it looks like a video game, and yeah. just mm, yeah, there was some... pissed me off. Cause, God, not only did they just have to throw fucking CG in your face, but they also fucked up the story. Yeah. One uh, one of the things with that was when they'd show like you know zooming into Themyscira, and you'd see you know the landscape shots as it was coming in. Yeah. And the compositing on those was really fucking weird uh, yeah and well some com compositing some, yeah. has been a problem in yeah. a lot of recent movies it's like why is this not technology that we know how to use at this point you know for the past what 40 years <laughs> well not necessarily 40 years but close but in the time that yeah, we've 25 been 25 years yeah I'd say like, more appropriate yeah uh have we not learned how to use green screens yet because we used to know how to use them. Yeah, we used to know how to use the blue version of them. Yeah, but now you can totally just call a you know a green screen shot like that, like nothing. It's like, oh, yeah. they're in front of a green screen. You didn't used to be able to do that, and not just because people weren't as attuned to it, right? I mean, you you look at, um, yeah, uh, Titanic. Yeah, you look at Titanic. Uh, they used not only blue screens but also black screens. Um, and the compositing on a lot of those shots is flawless. Like, yep. did you even know that the when they're in the water at the end and you can see everybody's breath, that that is not on set? 
that they composited the breath. You know, like I bet most people didn't know that because it looks flawless. You know, or or the the people standing in the engine room. The engine room is a miniature. They shot those the 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 live action actors on blue screen and composited them, and it looks flawless. So what the fuck has happened in recent movies where they just forgot how to composite? Yeah. All right. So number three with ninety two percent is Dunkirk. Dunkirk, great movie. The uh, antithesis of CG vomit. Uh, Dunkirk did almost everything practically, and when I say almost everything, I literally mean almost everything. I'm mm-hmm. I'm actually not entirely sure how much, if any, CGs in it. I'm sure there's got to be some. Uh, there, I know there's some compositing and some enhancements in it, but other than that, right? Like not the, much. Like I mean, even down to when you see Tom Hardy in the cockpit of the airplane mm-hmm. flying. He's literally in the cockpit of an airplane flying, right? Like, they didn't just shoot that on a set. No. They put Tom Hardy in a fucking airplane and filmed that shit, right? The boats sinking, you know? They sunk boats. Yep. And the the movie itself is unique in the way that it tells a story. Yep. Um, It is a movie that I would say is more about the experience mm-hmm. than it is about the story or the characters. Yeah. The story and the characters take a backseat to just the raw experience of the movie, and that's that's really interesting. Yeah. And that's something that Chris Nolan sort of did with Interstellar also, yeah. where the, the, the massive impact of the experience of it was more important than Matthew than, McConaughey. Than, yeah, than Matthew McConaughey. And yeah, but, Dunkirk yeah. is is a good movie. I yeah. I could definitely come up with some flaws and some things that I think could have been done better. But yeah. you can do that with any movie. Overall, it's a great movie. Yeah, and I thought the kid from One Direction who was yeah. in it was pretty good. Yeah, like I didn't even know that until I looked him up, and I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> like, why is he in this movie?" And it's like, no, um, he's good. He's fine. Yeah. Uh, number two is a movie called The Big Sick, which I've heard of, but I don't know what it is, and I don't think I've ever even seen the trailer. No clue. Now we get to my main problem. I don't know if you've seen this movie, but I sure as fuck have. Mm. The number one movie for 2017 with a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes is Get Out. Yes, I've seen that movie. Okay. I don't want to talk about it for too long. We're already running a little long in the tooth here. Oh, yeah. Um, But that's okay. Um, Get Out. Why do people like this movie so much? Because black person's protagonist. Like, is that literally it? Because I, yep, I don't want to believe that that's where we are as a society. Is like, oh, a black director is making a movie with a black main character about how white people are evil and we all have to like this movie because political correctness. That's literally it. Because if you actually, if you remove the the political correctness element, right? Yeah. If you replace all of the racial shit yep. and you just look at what the story is as a story... It's a bog standard slasher film almost. Well, not a slasher. Well, not, slasher. not a slasher. Um, uh, it's just it's a bog standard horror. Yeah, horror. You know, um, there's nothing unique about it. Yeah. 
there's there's nothing interesting really about it. Uh, it's just a guy who goes to a place, gets trapped in a place, has to escape place. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And it's not even done very well. And it can't decide if it wants... Okay, this movie... I was told this movie was a comedy horror. Where really? the fuck does the comedy come into this? Like, did is that something that people just assumed because it was directed by... Um, What's his face from Keen Peel? Yeah, I don't remember which one of them directed it. Jordan Peele, I think. Um, whatever. Um, yeah, I think it was Jordan Peele. Point is, like, the movie just made me angry. Yeah. Because there's, it has no real substance to it. Yeah. It's literally, white people are evil, and um, all black people are saints. Apparently. Yeah. And, and that's what really frustrated me because that's what I was told it wasn't. Because as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, motherfucker, this is going to be a preachy racial film. Yep, I knew it too. And that's what it turned out to be. And yeah. everybody loved it. And I I really, even though I don't want to feel this way, I really feel like we have another Brokeback Mountain situation here. Where it's like, okay, Brokeback Mountain comes out. And it's the f- one of the first like studio films to really be solely about a gay relationship. So we all have to like it or we're homophobes, right? Yeah. And that's really what Get Out feels like is we all have to like this movie or we're racist. No, yeah. it's just a bad movie. And here's the thing. Despite what the ratings say here, everyone fucking hates this movie. Everybody that I've met hasn't liked it. That's the yep. thing where it's like you go online and everybody's talking about, oh, it's a great movie. No, um, not even that. Oh, all I've seen about it recently is everybody saying, why the fuck is this rated so highly? This is a shit film. Yeah, just, I, I don't know. I Like, all of the all of the critics were like, oh, the movie's fucking amazing. Um, you know, when it first came out, people were telling me it's great, but I, yeah. it, I guess it kind of has, like, a, the Star Wars effect going on where it's like, the, the longer after it comes out, the more people are like, eh, maybe it wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, no, it's not that great. It actively... No like made me angry while I was watching it not not just because of the racial thing yeah like the the preachiness of it was irritating but what made me angry is there was no story to back it up right that's mm-hmm. what's always most important to me is fucking tell me a good story you know or else why am I watching your movie yeah and get out fails fundamentally yeah and literally the only positive things I've heard about it are it's a per you know, it's so progressive, you know, a black uh, person yeah. stands up against the white man. Like really if that's you want progressive <laughs> yeah. at this point. If you want that in a movie that's not as preachy, straight out of Compton's a better example. Yeah, oh my god, yes. Straight out of Compton's a great example of like actual you know, oppression and yep. and overcoming it and standing up against to Standing up against, you know, white society who's treating them badly. Yeah. Straight Outta Compton is a great movie because it has great characters with great development and a great story. Yep. Which is everything that Get Out doesn't have. So, lesson is, go see Straight Outta Compton, don't see Get Out. (laughs) Or or see Get Out, but but have the balls to admit that it's 
bad. Yeah. All right. So now that we've gotten to the end of that, of of the right. list, um, are there any movies in 2018 that you're looking forward to? In 2018? I can't think of any movies that are coming out next year that I, I'm really excited for. Well, I'll tell you, um, I'm really interested in seeing Battle Angel, Alita. Right. I saw a trailer with that before Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. It looks like a bog standard Robert Rodriguez film because it was a it was a new trailer I, as well. I think. Oh, was it a new trailer? From what I could tell, it was a different trailer from the one I watched. Okay. Um. Well, the the original trailer that dropped, it yeah. feels like there's something different and unique going on in it. Yeah. And I I hope that's true. Yeah. And so, yeah, this was a new trailer, remembering it, and it definitely felt like a Robert Rodriguez film. I mean, it was directed by Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. I fucking wish <laughs> James Cameron had directed it and would, like, do we need 5,000 Avatar sequels, really? That are all filmed back-to-back. I'll see the second one. Yeah. I'll hope it's good. I mean, James Cameron is sort of the standing king of the sequel, so yeah. we'll see. Um, so, oh, I, I think Avatar 2 comes out in 2018. It might be 2019. I, I think it's 2019. All right. Um, there's also Deadpool 2. Right, that comes out next year. Uh, the, so, and this is probably the last R-rated Deadpool we'll probably get. Yeah, so because Disney it. owns it now. So yeah, um, there's The Incredibles too, which that's actually next year. I thought that yeah, was 2019. According to this, it's 2018. Wow. Um, I'll see. I'll see The Incredibles too. Yeah, I'll see it. I and we'll I hope. still think it's way too late for a sequel to that. Yeah. Um. But. There's a another Mamma Mia movie? <laughs> yes, yes, there is. My God. Um The Predator. Yep, that's great the... goody. So that's Disney now. Yep. Um Tomb Raider. Oh my god. Another one? Uh this looks like based on the new video games. Oh boy. And just the the cover. Oh, that's that does not look like Laura Croft to me. <laughs> Oh God, the 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 all female oceans movie. Yep. Why do we need that? Because you know the Ghostbusters thing worked out really fucking well. Yeah. Uh, This is turning into a list of movies I don't want to see. Venom. Venom's coming out in twenty eight. Right. Tom Hardy playing uh, Eddie Brock. Yeah. So I I'll be interested in that one. Um. I'm not interested in the Nun. (laughs) (laughs) What? The Nun? The spinoff from... Um, oh, uh, Conjuring. Yeah, Conjuring, not Insidious. Conjuring 2. <laughs> there's another Insidious coming yes, out Yes, there's another year. Insidious coming out as well. And it makes me want to vomit. So, yeah, there's a, there's a few, at least potentially interesting movies coming yeah. out. A couple. So, um, as we will end every episode with yep. a recommendation... All right. For a movie to watch, would you like to begin? All right. Uh, my recommendation for today shall be Straight Outta Compton. Oh, yeah. Sure. I'll, I'll back that. Definitely go watch Straight Outta Compton. Uh, and I will, on top of it, recommend... 
Social network. You know what? I, no. I don't think enough people... I think... I mean, I think everybody has seen social network, but I don't think enough people really watched it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. People brushed it off as like, oh, it's it's a Facebook movie. Who gives a shit? Yeah. It's a really good movie. And, and if, if you're one of those people who watched it and thought, oh, it's just a Facebook movie, go watch it again. And now you watch it again with the hindsight that Sean Park and several other co-creators of Facebook regret creating Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, go watch Straight Outta Compton, which is a, a great film. Fantastic film. Uh, and go watch Social Network, which is another great film. So, that's, mm-hmm. I think, all we have. We ran pretty long today, but I don't Hopefully know. Hopefully editing okay. will bring it down. No, fuck that. We had a good conversation. All raw video, uh, raw audio. So, um, that concludes episode two of the Watts podcast. We don't have an outro for this podcast yet, so I guess just fuck it. Good night. Night.